Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour nothing of the NRL tour. Finally arrived here, Boxhead. It is NRL Grand Final Week, and first versus second, the two best defensive teams in the competition, the Roosters versus the Storm. Uh, they've emerged to play in this year's 2018 Grand Final, and not without a bit of drama and controversy this week, as has been the case throughout this whole outstanding final series. Yeah, final series has been good. Uh, culminates with the two best sides, I think. So uh, look forward to the the game on Sunday. Yeah. I- a lot of controversy this week, but it wouldn't be grand final week without some sort of uh, some sort of drama uh, to fill the papers. But uh, sooner we get to Sunday, the better, I reckon. Yeah, and the format we are going to do for this week, uh, unfortunately, like previous years, we've usually had Paul Kenner and we've had a bit of a good chat, but it's been uh, obviously some changes in life this year around coaching, obviously in your situation. Uh, now well, having it's not a family. That. I'm not on school holiday, so yeah, all well, that too, and I'm not I'm, off. So I'm hoping to get him off on next week when we're. We can fit him in during the yeah. day, and he's got a little bit more time. This week just didn't work. So. No, usually we've had the chance to have it during the daytime, but it's just when we're free, he's not, and when he's free, we're yeah. not. So. so hopefully, maybe in the season review, we can have a look back and maybe a quick little window into twenty nineteen, even though it's a bit further away, and some thoughts for some teams moving forward. But uh, just me and you rocking it solo. But we've know, done that all year. So doesn't uh, matter. Everyone yeah. tunes in. It's a good time. You listen for a reason. So we're uh, going to do what you hate. Actually, but in a different format. You hate the seven tackle set, but today instead of our set of six, we're going to do a seven. I'll tackle. make an exception. Seven tackle set, but for the show. That's so right. We're so going I'll to go through the two big issues. For Who tackles. kicked it dead? Me or you? Probably you. Nah, I wouldn't kick. I would Probably have tried. Come I would off your shin. I would have tried to score myself. Yeah. I wouldn't have passed. I wouldn't have kicked either. I just would have tried to crash over. But uh, one and two, our tackles on here are Slater, the shoulder charge, etc. All the bits and pieces. It's been done to death. Everybody's probably heard. Plenty enough by this point in time, but it's something that everyone wants addressed. I'm sure there'll be fan questions as well. So for anyone, if you submitted about that, we're not going to go over it 8,000 times, but we definitely will talk about it. Tackle two will be Cooper Cronk. Thoughts on the injury, implications, changes, etc. I think that's pretty black and white, and there's some smoke and mirrors coming out of the roosters, but we'll definitely talk about it. Tackle three, uh, the Daly M. That's obviously on tonight. We'll go through you know, just a few little bits and pieces, predictions, uh, maybe even positions, etc. <coughs> Game reviews will be tackle four. Tackle five will be our grand final preview. Tackle six, we can either do the fan questions or we can do our tips and betting or finish off with the fan questions. What do you reckon? Yeah, it doesn't matter. So, and then, yeah, tackle seven. We've got to get through all of them, so let's get into it. So, tackle one, uh, obviously the Billy Slater shoulder charge on the weekend uh, out of the game. There were some complaints from the Sharks and Galloning. Bit of sour grapes from mine afterwards, saying they didn't get an advantage. The penalty wasn't enough. He should have been binned. It was an illegal act. Well, they didn't get or an advantage. Penalty He's try, right. etc. I don't agree. It was a penalty try because there was no. Shouldn't have been a penalty try. That he it's a it's a sin bin. He a should have been sin bin. bin. 
Yeah, I, I, th- I agree. He should have been Sinbin. The implications of that could have changed the whole game. I'm, I don't deny that at all. But from that point, Oddwood's even. Mm. I can't really say that. The See, Sharks... that's that's where I'd that's where I'd uh, leave Paul Gallen and say, yeah, um, they were. Awful. I disagree. Yeah, I, they they were never in that game, no. and the majority of uh, the reasons why they weren't in that game were self inflicted. So, but we'll get into that review, but. Yeah, um, uh, and I don't, I don't. I don't think we should address that part. Like it's just dumb. No, nah. it's, it's dumb. It, bit, it, it's never a penalty try because he wasn't in the act of scoring, and you need to be fairly confident that he would have got the ball down. He wasn't even in the in goal yet, so nah. there's no way you can give a penalty try there. Um, so that's just a yeah airy fairy um, dream that Paul Gallon's living in, uh, and whether he likes it or not, he's got bias um, in that situation. Like he was out on the field. Um, I, I, I agree, it should have been a sin bin. And from there, uh, I think Melbourne, they the game might have been a little bit closer, but I still think they win. Yeah, well, moving on from the game, obviously the shoulder charge. And I guess for me, first of all... Well, I'm uncomfortable calling it a shoulder charge because I don't think it was a shoulder charge. Well, I'll just get my quick point out here. Most people aren't going to take what I say with a grain of salt anyway because I support Melbourne. But I'm happy to say that I think it pretty much it looks like a shoulder charge. It probably is a shoulder charge, like all the players, but my gripe... But it either it is or it isn't. Well, it is to me. But mm. my gripe from the start with this rule and the tragedy that happened was absolutely horrible is we're very reactive. And our, we immediately jumped in and said it was banned, it was permanently gone. I didn't have a big issue at the time with the fact that people thought that it could stay, but if you got it horribly wrong, that you'd get nailed for it. And I know that you know there was plenty of evidence going the other way to say that it should be completely rubbed out from the game. But in a situation like that, going over from the corner... My gripe, and forget the fact I'm a Melbourne fan, is the fact that you can't go in the judiciary and they say use video that hasn't warranted a charge because you could find bloody 30-plus or God knows how many during the year, and they showed some examples the other night of others that weren't penalised, weren't charged. Like Wanga Blake only a couple of weeks ago smashed David Fusitura over the sideline to stop a try. I just don't like the fact that well, you can go into the judiciary. Well, it speaks to the bigger issue here. The bigger issue here is, is that social media is running the game. Because everyone got on social media on Friday night. I was at a wedding. I didn't even see the game live, okay? So for me, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, we've got a thousand mentions and, you know, tweets at us, right? All of those, what about Slater? What do you reckon, Louis? Oh, is he going to get suspended? Yada, yada, yada. I hadn't even seen it. I thought, okay, shit, must have been something serious. I saw it and thought, really? Um, and then, yeah, I, you know, my argument at the time was, well, there's been a hundred like that that haven't been penalised, and sure enough, there were videos um, come out with multiple incidents, probably some worse, uh, better or worse, doesn't matter. You, you, you're comparing apples with oranges, but fact of the matter is, I think he got trialled for a few reasons. I think he got trialled because people hate Melbourne. I think he got trialled because people hate Queensland. I think he got trialled because he's the best fullback ever. I think he got put on trial because it's grand final week. I think he got put on trial because uh, News Limited want to sell papers and know that it was a fantastic um, controversy and it would create uh, plenty of conversation like it did. Um, But for me, tell me another area of the field where you don't ever use your arms to tackle. They're not important. That Slater going across there, any player going across there, has no intentions to complete a tackle. They have intentions to push the player out. The method in doing that, it can be a bump, it can be a shoulder charge, it could be a tackle, it could be a push, it could be just a collision. Now, when I look at uh, that incident, um, I tend to think it's a bump. I think Fecky came back on his inside. Um, Slater, for me, the shoulder charge, a, 
a shoulder charge is I come at you square on and I shoulder charge you with absolutely no intent to wrap my arms. Do I do I think that Billy Slater may have wrapped his arms? I don't know, but I think that was taken away from him when Fecky sort of came in field, in my opinion. Um, then you look at the letter of the law. You look at the NRL change the criteria for what is a shoulder charge. They change the criteria of the shoulder charge to say that if any arm or hand made a reasonable attempt at wrapping, that it wasn't a shoulder charge. There's fucking clear photos of it with the arm and the hand making a clear effort with his right arm, I think it was, to wrap. Yeah. And so I, how the fuck did they charge him? Yeah, well, there's still arguments from other people that the left arm was cocked and tucked in when he was heading into contact. Uh, okay, so what if he tucked both of his arms? And just bumped him. Would be would we be okay with that? Because that wouldn't be a shoulder charge, would it? You can't shoulder charge with both shoulders. What if he tucked both arms and just elbowed him? What about charged. if he? Yeah. What about yeah. if he fucking ran in and just took his head off? Well, what about if he tripped him? Yeah. Well, he would have been better off. Yeah, exactly. And we've set up. You know, we've set up there. And look, I get the James Ackerman thing. I get it's an emotional thing, but you can't troll every player that fucks up on the field. Because of a tragedy that happened two years ago. I get we're trying to get rid of the bad shoulder charge. And to be fair, when's the last time you saw a bad shoulder charge? And I want to go just one quick little injection here. It's not really a shoulder charge. But again, Dylan Napa got off clean first time for what I thought was an accidental you know, shoulder, charge. shoulder attempted like loose technique with the head. And then the second time, he did get charged because it was reckless. And he had his head down and you know he has to change his technique. But... My bigger, my bigger gripe, and again, I get all the emotional side. I get that I'm a Melbourne fan, and no one probably gives two shits what I'm thinking, but I look at it as a player, and I spoke to other guys that I played with that are in the NRL, and I message everyone this week because, again, I'll give you the It's not a fucking secret to anybody. Most NRL players envy Melbourne or dislike Melbourne. We're all hoping that he was going to get rubbed out, but I messaged all of them and said the same thing to every single one of them. If that was you, would you be happy to miss a grand final from what is a rugby league collision? And every single one of them said I'd be filthy. So Jake Friend's one was worse, and I don't I don't think he needs to miss a, a match for that either. He like he tipped Greg Nicholas no. on his head. And this so, is my issue with the system. What I'm getting at, I understand it's a sensitive issue, but we're very reactive, and we rushed it through. We rushed the rule through, and we've got 200 points base loading for a grade one charge. To me, that's like, not a shoulder charge. Like, He's coming across field in a covering tackle. Got him in, like, there are a million of those that have happened in rugby league yeah. in the last hundred years. There are multiple that have happened this year without a charge, and there are multiple that will happen and continue to happen for the as long as rugby league is played on this fucking planet. And just another one that's just a gripe of mine: the stupidity of Twitter and people. Go, the NRL's rigged; that they want to see Melbourne win. And rah, rah, that's like, the reason he was charged. They, I've got to put this out there: they charged him, so they. They've done their job in your eyes if you think he should have been charged. The panel, for all the Micmocs that don't understand, is separate to the NRL. It's a legal They are trial. their own body. They get to make their own decision. And yeah. there's a common theme here. I just said from a player's point of view, I don't think it was a shoulder charge. Guess who the panel's made up of? Former players. And on top of that, from the NRL's point of view and the complete fuck-up, they had their first and second string gun lawyers away on holidays. Yeah, and the fact they that they're there... The, you know, the, the QC wasn't there, so they had to push it to a Tuesday. Yeah. Like, it's they grand a, final week. One, if there's yeah. one week, you know that there's the potential for there to be a charge. It needs to be sorted, yeah. and we had to wait an extra 24 hours for it. That a third-string lawyer who's only done under-20s games. So from the NRL no, side... No, he'd done, he'd done a... Uh, oh, okay. a couple well, I thought they said it was basically his debut. He, he did the um, Papali tackle... or sorry, Soliola tackle if, on Slater. If you read everything... From the word to word write out last night, which I did in the live blogs and the bits and pieces, he got 
torn to shreds. Yeah, yeah. but no the reaction. NRL set him up to get well, torn exactly. to shreds because they charge Slater with a shoulder charge when their rules, yeah. their criteria gave evidence, have uh, clear evidence that Slater had a hand and an arm placed on the play, on the attacking this player. This is the bigger point at the end for everyone. Again, bitching and moaning and whinging. The panel is separate from the NRL. So the NRL did what you all wanted. They've charged him and the panel found him not guilty. And Put again, it all aside. I think there's... The you know, I don't think I'm totally right. I'm not nah. sitting here saying I'm totally right. I don't think people that are like, oh, my God, he should have been charged. It's a fast that he didn't get charged. I don't think they're totally right. But I don't think anyone is totally wrong. No. I, think I think the issue is is that it's not black and white. No, it's not black and white. For this... me, that's a cover tackle. If it's me v you and I've got time and intent and I put myself in a position and I hit you in the head with my shoulder I get with destroyed. no attempt to wrap my arms, that for me is the one we're trying to rub out. Oh, he's gone. That one there is a bump. He he got him under the... The, the other one is right. The reason, well, the reason um, that they said that they charged Billy's one and not Wanga Blake's one is because of force. How the fuck do you measure force? An intent. How do you measure force between Wanga Blake's and Billy Slater's? Have we got something that can measure the impact when he hits him? The other, we don't. The other thing so is, well, we're guessing. They're trying to judge intent. Well, like you said, Fecky's come back into Billy. Wanga Blake hit Fushi to a flush all... Like, Tell Fushy you what the intent is. The, the intent is to save a try. Exactly. And Hello? it's part of the game. And you have to do it. Like any player... Again, like I... I keep coming from a player point of view, but I'm looking at it from that. Forget the Melbourne side. I'm just looking at it going, if that is me... Well, you know what? Like, I can't... I, <laughs> Paul I, Gallen made a dumb argument on 100% footy to try and go against Gus, and Gus shredded him. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the post-match, Luke Lewis and Shane Flanagan both said, it's ridiculous if he got charged. They're guys that have just lost their season to Melbourne. And they're and, both ex-players too. Yeah, like, so, come on. I, I think, I, the thing about it is, and I think the whole root of what we're getting back to, no one's right, no one's wrong. My big gripe is, if you're just a... Well, Darren Lockyer, who was on the panel that changed the shoulder charge rule, Sunday footy show, said that that is not a tackle that we were trying to rub out, okay? He was on the panel that changed the rule, okay? Roy Masters, who has covered rugby league for as long as the dinosaurs were around, said um, the body position and intent is different from side on to front on. And of course it is, okay? Um, I think there's there's a few bigger issues. The one is they've got to get the criteria right. What are we trying to rub out? What is it? Get some videos. Get some videos. Get some clear um, footage of what you're trying to look at. Because originally it was you needed to turn side on. You needed to tuck your arm. If that's all the the well, if they're the indicators we're looking at, it didn't meet that criteria. It didn't even meet the criteria that they've now changed it to. I think there's a bigger issue in the fact that it's 200 base loading, like you said. It's got to be. I think we've got to look at. Origins, finals, and grand finals should be 250 points, I think, to miss miss one of them. That's yeah. my personal opinion. And I still... Now, people will come out and counter that, and I and I, I haven't really thought about my answer to this, that if it's 250, would players go be a little bit more loose? I don't think they would be. I don't think... It, it, players aren't trying to get charged. Jake no. Friend wasn't trying to get charged. Billy Slater wasn't trying to get charged. They were mistakes. And the thing, again, and that's kind of another sensitive issue to bring up when I looked at it at the time, the charge for that tackle and potentially putting someone on his head. We've had a bloke a couple of years ago end up paralyzed from the neck down. Mm-hmm. And our reaction to that was nowhere near, like, you know, changing the point system, grading that harsher for every spear tackle. You know why? Because he got off. So he 100 early, early guilty play. If if Billy's was 100 early guilty play, we're not even talking about like friends. That's what I'm getting at. So, you know, we're talking about tragedies. There was a tragedy in the other tackle. Yeah, there's tragedies. But we've just yeah. wiped it because, like you said, it had the, the the loading or the points loading for a grade one is what's brought this whole week into what it has been. Yeah. I, 
And we've seen worse shoulder like, I just didn't like that the Ackermans were bought into it. I don't know whether I don't know how that started. His I don't know whether they yeah, but, but did someone someone obviously went to him and said, "What's your opinion?" and tried to drum up some emotional side of it and some outrage because that's what that's what everything's based around these days isn't yeah. it someone get fucking outraged but for me it was like just look at the incident look at the criteria yeah hand and arm whether you, whether you think it was intentional or not it wrapped a, a, along the front of um Fecky's body even if it was for a millisecond mm. for me that still photo meant that they the prosecution um, and the NRL UFC. legal team didn't have a leg to stand on. Billy Slater, Nick Gabar shredded the NRL. They went I, I'm in. not surprised. Oh, you you wrote, you text me on Friday night panicking. We were talking about it Saturday and Sunday panicking, and I said to you, he will not get charged. Well, there is no way that that will be upheld. Well, I thought they'd go in there and destroy. When you told me about the video, has not been able to be used. Oh, I thought doesn't it was matter. ridiculous. You should be able to go in with precedent, as far as I'm concerned. And then again, on the flip side of that, though. Hodges got off a couple of years ago. I don't even know what that was for, but Jack Whiten it's got for a off. Spear tackle, wasn't it? Jack Whiten got off for a shoulder charge to play in that prelim against Melbourne a couple of years ago, and that was Gabar again. So yeah. I'm sitting there going, well, if you're going off that precedent, and he's one I'm pretty sure made contact with the head. Mm. Jared Wallace got to play Origin last year from hitting someone in the head with the shoulder off the ball, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Those kind of cases you are allowed to use. So I'm sitting there to thinking, me, well. There is such an easy way to fix this. A very, very easy this is way the to fix issue, this, right? right? Like, forget Melbourne. The easiest way to fix this, this is if you shoulder charge someone and you hit them in the head, you are out for six weeks. First offence. And it has to be a clear, tuck the arm, no intent to wrap, whack someone in the head, you're gone for six weeks. First offence. Second offence, I'd rub them out for 12 weeks. Third offence, I'd rub them out for the year. And you watch players won't do it. Well, my thing about it, again, at at the the start... I'm not doing that. If I get you like he did under the ribs, side (laughs) on, like I... Uh, yeah. Okay, so if someone said to you, right, oh, I used to shoulder charge when I was playing. I, know, I, I stopped I playing. Too. I stopped playing in two thousand six, so it's ten years before any of this was even shoulder charge was even thought about being rubbed out, right? But if someone said to me, "That's Brock, mate, you're going to get six weeks if you shoulder charge someone," you, do you know it. how many fucking times I would have shoulder charged? Zero. 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 Yeah. With intent. With intent. Yeah. Now there's going to be accidents. Oh, 100%. So for me, in grand final, I think you should miss a grand final. If I go to you and I take your head off, or I go to you and I shoulder charge you with intent and knock you out, you should miss a grand final. I don't give a shit what game it is, right? But if you accidentally tip someone on their head, similar to what friend did the other night, um, or you you accidentally put yourself in a situation which could be construed as a shoulder charge like Billy Slater did, which I think is fucking ridiculous. We need to change it so that's not deemed a shoulder charge to start That's a rugby league collision. But you look at that and just go, that's just... You know, Fecky also raised his elbow. And then, you know, there was a whole conversation. We can open up a whole can of worms here. I could talk to you about duty of care. Like, whose duty of care is it to protect... Um, the other player in that situation is it the man with the ball or the man with it, without the well, ball? The defender. Last night, it's the defender, it's, is it? So Fecky yeah. can raise his elbow and hit Billy Slater in the head. Is that right? Yeah. Because to me, that's worse than what the shoulder well, charge. This was my other issue. The bumping with the shoulder. When you talk is. about media outlets. Then they then brought up Billy Slater's rap sheet for everyone to get out. Oh, he's a what is his rap sheet? Like, oh, you know, when he, he used to lead with his legs, but he, he saved a shitload of tries. Yeah, or the Clemmer thing. I'm like, well, you're not allowed to touch the kicker in the air. That one still makes me angry every time someone brings it up. He yeah, was so in rush there through, rushing yeah. to get his legs. He got kicked in the head for a reason. You don't go chop legs under the legs. Yeah. Uh, or, like, you know, Slater, Slater, he's brought, still doing it now. He, but, he, he hangs the his thing leg about out. that the other day, there was like nine charges, and I think maybe six or seven were successfully they got him for. But he's played 350-something games or 330 games and had a 16-year career. Like... 
It's ridiculous. Yeah. And look, I don't fucking care. I don't care if Melbourne win. I don't care if well, Slater plays. I don't care yeah. if the Roosters win. I don't care if Friend plays. For me, I just look at it and I don't care what jersey they're wearing. I look at that and go, you do not deserve to miss, miss a grand, grand final. final for that. Yeah. Because that should not even be a charge. Yeah. We've, we've just, we've overreacted. Yeah. And this is what we do. We, we, uh, we've overreacted to this. Like, I've probably overreacted for the last 20 minutes about it. But it just gets to a point where you're just like, Guys, what have we what, what we have done? we come to as a game? The bigger issue again, I think. Yeah, after... Paul Gallon punches fucking Nate Miles, and then now you could punch me three times, but I can't punch you back. Otherwise, I go to the bin. Yeah. So I can't defend myself on the field anymore no. without going to the sim bin. No. Well, oh uh, yeah. man. Well, like I said, I, I wanted to let you unleash more than more so than me because, like you said, you don't have a dog in the fight. You've got no emotion. You're. A, I don't care. You're a former player. You're a coach, and you're a person who loves rugby league. But for me, whether people. But should... if I'm if I'm coaching Billy Slater there. You Tell me what it. you wanted him to do. Kid Gallon go, oh, you've got to make a right Save tackle shoulder. Okay, so you make a right tackle shoulder. Billy Slater puts his head behind his ass or his back, makes a right shoulder tackle. I'll tell you what that does. It leaves Fecky's arms free. Mm. Fecky reaches out, puts the ball down. It's a try. Mm. It's not effective. And when he cuts back in, that's the other thing. No one's taking so, account. They, they showed a video last night of rugby union game, and the girl was pinning for the corner. She didn't come back in and initiate contact. Yeah, yeah, it's different. That's different to chop them when they're not looking at you. Fecky's come back to make contact. Billy hits him. He still probably gets yeah, to the corner. Yeah, they both initiated contact as so, much as the other. It's a rugby... To me, end of the day, like I said, whether people choose to believe me or not, I don't really give a fuck. Forget the Melbourne thing. i am just looked at this from being a player, and I spoke to other players that are still in the game, or cut blokes and everyone, and my main thing is whether you believe me or not, I just looked at that and thought, would I, if I missed a grand final for that, and that's my biggest issue, the, the, this potential... Like, you know, he went to the judiciary for that to almost miss a grand final. I was just I was dumbfounded. And the bigger issue is everything we brought up before. The grading needs to be reviewed. The rule, if they want it to be airtight, needs to be rewritten because clearly there's a loophole in it. And on the NRL side of things, like fuck, tighten it up, eh? You've had two you're two top lawyers away. You've had a rookie coming against a bloke who's got three people off previously in finals and grand finals and torn them to pieces. And all the whinging and conspiracy theorists, like, seriously, bang your head on the table, give yourself a triple, because they did what you wanted them to do. They charged him that the panel's separate. So know your facts before you shoot your mouth off. They are separate to the NRL. And again, they're all... Well, it's under the conspiracy theorists because they were the ones that got him charged. In my mind, I looked at it and just thought, this is the biggest overreaction I've ever seen. But they're all ex-players. I can get back to again. And I'm guaranteeing you, whether you like it or not, they would have looked at it similar to what I am going. And even with all the evidence as well, and they would have to stay impartial. All the evidence would have... There's plenty of holes they punch in the case. But all I'm guaranteeing you, somewhere underlying for all three of those ex-players, they would have sat there and go, you don't deserve to miss a game for They would have gone, are you serious? We're here for this? And I know they deliberated on it. And I'm sure the QC and everyone else put... There was pressure coming from the outside. But in the end, at the end of the day, uh, whether it sounds biased or not, I, I think they well, got I've the got mail. I've got mail that there was a conversation had where the media was sent out of the room and the conversation was based around exactly what I just said about the hand in the arm. And with a still photo showing the hand in the arm, making contact in a millisecond attempt to rap was enough to get Billy Slater off that charge. And I said that to you on Friday night after 15 schooners at a wedding that that would be the reason he got off. And you know, Mike... Because you go and look at the criteria and you look at the tackle. And the fact of the matter is that people go, watch it in in full, full speed. Well... Unfortunately, that's not how the game's refereed. You slow it down, hand-made contact, arm-made contact in a wrapping motion for a millisecond. That's enough to get Billy Slater off. Mm. That's it. Because compare it to the criteria, which is what they need to tick those two boxes to charge him and, and deem it a shoulder charge. The crime did not fit 
the criteria. The tackle did not fit the criteria. It's as simple as that. And that was my money is that that was is what the conversation was around. Um, and for me, it just it was common sense. I can't believe that, they, that the match review panel said that he didn't, his arm or his hand didn't come into contact with Fecky because it's clear. Well, I think we've thoroughly addressed this now, and especially on your part, I'll, like I said, I, I want to... But just, I just want to make yeah, clear that I'm I don't think that people are right or wrong. I no, don't. People who are listening to me going, you're fucking off your dial, I totally disagree. I get it. Yeah. And you know the reason why we can never find common ground is because there's no clear criteria. No, there, yes. Well, there is, but I don't think it clears up what is a shoulder charge because for me, I could run in with my left shoulder cocked and just run in and touch someone with my right arm and still smash someone with my left shoulder and technically to the criteria, it's not a shoulder charge. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm. So for me, it's all about intent. It's all about just any effort to wrap your arms. Um, In those situations down near the try line, they've either got to say that you're allowed to bump like Slater did or they've got to come out and clearly say in those instances you have to to wrap your arms because that was probably the only little grey area in the shoulder charge. Um, we, it's also that it's that, that it's a tackle from the side. It's well, not a tackle from the well, front. Like, like it's for the shoulder charge for me is a post to post thing. Like it's I'm getting off the line, I'm yeah, coming to you. It's not from yeah, it's not an east west. Shaping up on you, lining you up, trying to yeah. get your front. And, and they're dangerous. They're again, the ones that are dangerous. I'm still I just the, think, only, the only way I think Billy Slater should have been charged is if he hit Fecky in the head. And that's why I'm getting that locks. That And he didn't. I I think it's bullshit you can only use Cases that have been charged. I think you should be able to get evidence from games of things that weren't penalised, mm. that weren't charged. We saw Thurston come across twice and almost lead with his head trying to take blokes right. over touchline. Ponga had a head clash with somebody coming across to try and save a try, basically yeah. leading with his body to try and save it. So, oh, that, you've seen that's what I'm saying. You've seen a hundred of them. The but vi- there's also the, been um, the system, the point system as well, the, the use of it. Like, there's a lot of things. But that a lot need of to be people have come up. to me and, and gone, rule. "Man, like, why don't we just let people shoulder charge and then if they get if it wrong, get it wrong." wrong. I, I don't like that because I think you're going to bring it back and players are going to flirt with it and players are going to get emotional during a game. They'll get it wrong. And they're going to get it wrong. And that's why I come I, before, I think we like, need to ha- say, boys, you we'll want a shoulder the, charge? Fix the rule. You want a shoulder charge and you don't want to wrap your arms clearly with intent, you get six weeks. Yeah, Fix the rule, fix the system. And like I said, the NRL, uh, anyone that's angry out there, you, you so. But clear up that incident. Clear up try-saving areas where of the field we've got to, try, you've got to save the try. Um, because it's just different. And just one last point. We've thoroughly covered this, I think, now. Before we move on, any peanut out there who's, like, death-riding, oh, fuck the roosters and the storm and this is shit and rah, 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 and, oh, Queensland dog and glad Cooper Cronk got hurt, glad Billy Slater got hurt, don't watch the NRL, you fuck with. Mm. That's my other issue. Like, the amount of just shit bags out there, like, just yeah. Try supporting the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, That's what I'd say to them. I still, I still manage to watch the game. Melbourne, Queen, like, you just find something to constantly pick and whinge Well, like, my biggest issue is the fact that the NRL listens to those people. I and love, that, for me, that's the reason we got charged. I just love football. We've got, how many grand finals is this for you now in a row? 17, 18? No, I think it's close to... This well, is, what's this, 2018? This is since 2006. Since 2000. So it's almost my... 20th. Has, has it been nice that Melbourne have been in plenty of them? Yeah, okay. But I still go every year. I go my to team, finals games. My, I go my to team's Oregon. been in none of them. I don't like. I don't get people like. Oh, I hate, like it's there's a difference. It's emotion. This is the oh, thing. Oh. This is why you can't allow players to shoulder charge because they'll get emotional and they'll start doing it. It's like if, but if those a lot of those fans are probably South fans or they're probably whoever that got beat um, or Cronulla fans or whoever. And they got the shit. So they got emotional. And also, Panther fans out there, some of the stuff I read the other night by you guys, oh, we would have given Melbourne a better run if we would have got through Cronulla. You didn't get through Cronulla. Hmm. 
without Wade Graham, with Paul Gallon not playing the second half. So everyone out there dribbling on that side of things as well. And they were down 20 nil as well, weren't Give they? yourself a triple. 18 nil or 18 2 or something. Yeah, so, I just, yeah. I, yeah Stand on the 40, Penrith, then you would have been in the preliminary final. So, yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just think for anyone listening out there who's got a differing opinion, it, it's fine. There's no, need, there's no need to for there to be outrage. No. There's, it's not legal to have a, an opinion, opinion different to someone this else. And I, I said it on Twitter the other day. I was chatting to, I think, four or five dudes, and we were going back and forth, and there was no, hey, you're a fuckwit or you got no fucking That's idea. It was issue. like, we've got, different, we've got different opinions. But I, I said at the end of it, I was like, well, I, I'm just happy to have had a conversation with five people on Twitter and not have someone be totally outraged and carry on like a child. And this is the same thing we say. Any time that listens to this or like a fan gets If you're offended, one of them that listen, turn off because yeah. we, we don't need you to listen. No. Nah. And I just like there's again, enough good people out there with their heads switched on who are if, intelligent, if, who will just take our opinions as what they are, and they'll agree with some, and they'll disagree with others, and yeah. we'll all move on. And if you're a fan of the game, be a fan of the game. Look, some of just the whinging. It's grand final week. Yeah. It's the biggest game of the year. That's what shit me shit. because I thought my wife said it last night. She's like, "This is a joke." Like the whole week's been hijacked by this Billy Slater thing. Yeah, but just the hate. I'm like, it's you should be like, uh, you know, get behind the game. Grand final week, all mm. the players like, oh, Queensland grab and this place would grab and rah, rah, and he's a dick. I'm like, really? Mm. Like, you t- my, if my team was out, I'm stoked. The great, we. I love They're sick of Melbourne fight. winning. I love everything. They're sick of Melbourne winning. So I might would agree. Like, but to me. I go, well, they're too good. Get better. They're too good. Get better. I'm sick of them being too good. Oh, my, my frustration is not at Melbourne. My frustration is at the fact that the other teams are just shit. Well, again, if you wanted Melbourne to fall off their perch, this was the year My four. team included. Six my or... team included because they just go round and round in circles and can't get out of their own way. But yet Melbourne just pick up scraps here and there. They played this year without a seven. Yeah, three sevens. And they're sevens. in a grand final. They lost an international prop, an international back rower, and their halfback of over a decade, who was the Australian Queensland player. Yeah. They still made the grand final. If you want to whinge about something, whinge about your coaching, your recruitment, and other things going on at your club. Whinge about the fact that my team signed Bryce Cartwright for six hundred thousand yeah, dollars or smart. something ridiculous. That's a smart like, move. That's why. That's that's the know, difference between making a know, grand final and playing semis and not. And whether we, you know, I know people get angry all the time about the salary sombrero or not, but you know, while the rules are the way they are, the Roosters are at a huge advantage. The NRL are the ones who need to address that, and the Roosters are going to keep buying players. So, and, so Melbourne, Melbourne are fucking loaded. But I've said it a million times, anyone out there, and even players, again, we've had this conversation, if you could sign with any club tomorrow, who would it be? Yeah, and exactly. the, the two most common clubs that people say are Melbourne and the Roosters. Yeah. And there's a reason for it, because they're well-run organisations. And yeah. That's part of the reason that Melbourne got out of there last night. They were better prepared than the NRL were, and they've pulled got their Got on a private down. jet. All wearing the same suit. Professional. What did I send to you? You sent back, back to me, boom, or whatever. I sent back one word, preparation. preparation. They crashed them. So, all right, we've been going for half an hour on that. But Good, I like any, it. Anyone who asked any questions I feel about better. That, I'm pretty sure we're yeah, well, You're feeling a lot better. <laughs> but, uh, number two, Cooper Cronk, that injury. Um, well, yeah, that's, it's pretty devastating if you're a Roosters fan and if you're Cooper Cronk. And this whole storyline about them playing, because to me, there's no chance of him playing. And... Yeah, I reckon. The early signs of what they've said being like a full-blown rotator cuff tear, you can't use your arm. We've both had shoulder reconstructions. Mm. That extent with a seven-day turnaround, I would not play him. And for me, like I said before, I'm devastated because I wanted them 1-17 to versus us 1-7 to and this storyline, this clap, like this couldn't have worked out any better as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And to me, this has still got signs of what it always has the last few years of a heavy New South Wales flavour and the... New South Wales team, oh, sorry, the, the Roosters, Roosters team, yeah. and a heavy Queensland feel in the Melbourne team. Yeah. And to me, probably the two best coaches currently in the game. So everything for me just lines up. I want him to play, but my thing is, Billy 
and this is the argument a lot of people have, Billy is more important to Melbourne to me than what Cooper Cronk is to the Roosters. And I'm not trying to discount the fact now just because he got off his charge, but Billy Slater covers more ground than anyone. He's the best kick cover uh, kick coverage in the game. No one is on the ball more than Billy Slater. He's a part of all their set plays. He's always in the ruck. He's popping up. He's surprising you. He's ball playing. And the most important thing is he organizes Melbourne's defense. For Cooper Cronk, uh, and again, take this how you will, and I know you've laughed a few times and thought I've taken some shots at him this year, but I think he is the controller of a pretty loose ship at times. They're still a bit loose, the Roosters, and I think the biggest part of him is his kicking game for the Roosters. But I honestly think they've shown what they can do defensively. They've shown what they can do without him. And on the weekend, I don't think he had any effect on that game at all, and they still won. And they didn't have Latrell Mitchell. And they didn't have Dylan Harper. And he I'm, didn't have a physical effect on the game. I'm still happy to say what I've been saying the whole way along. They are the best defensive side in the but competition. He had, he had a huge impact on where they were going, what they were doing, their I talk, their organisation. But I think Kiri um, more than adequately pulled his weight. He I did. think he's underrated. I think, But it takes away from his running game. That I, side is stacked. I personally, I disagree. I think Kronk has a bigger effect on the Roosters and what Slater does on Melbourne only because not take those two players out. I think because the fact that Jerome Hughes will go in and do a far better job than anyone will come in and do for uh, for Cooper Cronk at seven for the Roosters. That's my argument. Yeah, my um, so we've both got a point. I, think. I um, I think Cronk's going to play. I if I'm Trent Robinson, yeah. well, you have to carry. O'Sullivan, I'm going to carry O'Sullivan as my seventeenth man. But to me, then I'm going to you... start. Um, I'm going to start Cronk because I don't think they can win the game without Cronk. And Kronk played with a busted arm for half a game on the weekend. Well, it's all, it's, it's, you don't think they're going to spot him, though? Like They're going to go after him. Heavily. Yeah, I, but tell me one player who's like not going to sleep all week and just rehab the fuck oh, out of it. Oh, with that. But like, it's, he, so it's, it's an eight-day turnaround. It's not an by impact the time injury, though, or an AC joint. It's his actual rotator cuff. something you can't, so needle. You can't needle. Like, I've heard all that him. shit, but I'm pretty sure you could fucking needle his arm and needle his chest or something. Like For me, I, I, I just have to play him. I, he has to play. I'm more looking at it this way. I think... Could you put him... What shoulder is it? Is his right shoulder? It was his left, wasn't it? It's his left. I'd play him on the left wing. Just defend him on the left wing. Where he's already... Oh, sorry. What edge was Defend him on the left wing. He's on the right edge. Defend him on the left wing. So you want to swap him all the way up the opposite side. Defend him on the left wing. Say to Melbourne, okay, you want to come out here and run at him, go for it. You can hide him in that sense, but... The fact of offensively, the is, offensively, he can get around the field. He well, the can push weekend, the team around. He couldn't pass. He couldn't even drop him the ball at five out of ten. He's going to be better than Sean O'Sullivan at eleven out of ten. In my argument, well, well I um, just don't think they can win it without him. So I'm willing to push my chips all in and just go. I'm, I'm playing. He's I'm with you. Play. I'm with you for grand final. But I looked at it and the smoke and mirrors of named Orbison that at seven. And I, that's I, all. That's all rubbish. I honestly, and again, you can say I'm kidding myself or not. I think they are that defensively good that they can put O'Sullivan in there. Just to kick and steer okay, things so around, where are to leave Kiri, Kiri, Tedesco, Latrell Mitchell, mm. Joseph Manu. There's enough there. Yeah, I think I think we're probably understating the fact that I'm uh, not, Latrell Mitchell's back. I'm not understating Cooper Cronk at all. But to me, he's he's the calm influence. He's the kicker and he's the organizer. But he hasn't had I think, a direct hand to me yeah, like in a lot so of I, tries. He's more. The, I think the he's. Set an, I think he's, he's the, the calm the, I think he he along with the brilliance that Tedesco has brought is the reason they're there. I honestly just look at the, the way they defended in the whole year, and I've kept that saying, game last week. To me, is is a classic game that the Roosters would have lost in years gone by. They just had that calming influence, Cronk pushing them around, a little bit of composure, just just smart things, putting the ball on the ground when there's a penalty. I think composure. 
we couldn't get out of our own end against confidence. We couldn't get out of our own end against South. They bullied us. The Roosters got out of yardage fine. We got our opportunities inside twenty mostly from errors and yeah, penalties the from South. Roosters couldn't get out against the Roosters. Cronulla. Got three tries. The Roosters struggled against Cronulla, and Melbourne toyed with Cronulla. But we toyed so with I don't Cronulla, know. Like, I don't think you can really cross the finals games over. Like I, also, I think the highest quality finals game was definitely South. Uh, yeah, South Storm. But after that, South South did their um, did their dash in that game. They they blew well, that, all their they were done in that for game. the rest of it, and they had the off field stuff going on as well. But I also look at it this way, and you probably may disagree with me here. To me, our reaction last week and also week one, I, I we we look like we've played two grand finals already. I know we're fresh and we're one to seventeen, but emotionally looking at a lot of the Melbourne blokes, it was almost really? like they didn't expect to win both those that games. Game. That, that game on the weekend was over after 30 years. Oh, I know it was over, but the reaction That was, was the best thing that could have ever happened to Melbourne because they had a second half off. Oh, that I'm second half was a joke. I watched the game again last night. That second half of terrible. that game was horrendous. It was absolutely dog shit. That game was pretty awful, to be honest. Yeah. But I, I don't know what it is. I've, I've got a feeling about the Roosters, regardless of all this going on. What's your on feeling, and, but You think they can defend their way to win? I just look at the way they defend and, like I said, call but me... Didn't you look at the way that South attacked? We're going to preview the game. But I, I, I look at the way South attacked, and I thought it was amateur. I they went sideline to sideline. Anytime they got a quick play of the ball, Cook would get out, go forward, and then look sideways to pass. He would never really run. Well, I'm still looking at what I think Melbourne would do, and I think Melbourne are going to try and get mostly to that right edge. And at the same time, I think they're going to try and get to that right edge. I think you know what's coming. It's Billy Slater running that tight line with Felice on a lead. Does he play short? Does he get it out the back? Do they go to Will Chambers? Latrell Mitchell and him in origin. I know it's not much to read off because it's a different, uh, you know, completely different arena, but that was all one-way traffic. He had it all over it. Again, so, it's not illegal to have an opinion, but I, no. I, I have the opinion that if Cooper Cronk doesn't play, the, the Storm win 13+. plus. The middles of the That's field I look at, I don't think, you know, we have a, a giant advantage there or they have an advantage. I think it's quite even. And I think they've got more coming off the bench. I think Nelson's our big X factor off the bench, but the fact they can bring on Radley, Tedavano... If they pick the side the way I think they're they, going to pick I, it, Madison. I think they've got a better bench as well. Who plays? Who plays at halfback if it's not Cronk? It's O'Sullivan, and that's what I, I think. Was going to say see, I'd play Radley. The way they've named everything, and I looked at this, they have even Momorovsky on the bench. I don't think that's how it works. I looked at it. If Cronk doesn't play, to me, O'Sullivan is the halfback. Orbison pushes to the back row, which then pushes Liu from the back row to lock, which then allows you to put Radley back onto the bench and gives you the bench of Madison, Tedavano, Radley, and Napa. And they're bringing a lot more firepower off the bench. And when Napa, oh sorry, when Radley and Madison the last few weeks to me have got on the field, they've brought a bit of footwork, a tip on, they jump in, they just make them a little bit more dynamic. Whereas for Melbourne, Nelson comes on, they can deploy him on the edge, they can deploy him in the middle, but they need to be rolling as well. Because if he's the one having to lay that platform, they can't use him in multiple different ways. Mm. Welch, Kenny Bromwich and Brandon Smith, they bring a bit of mongrel, but they're on there just doing a dirty job in the middle for you. So I'm just looking at it that way, thinking. What happened can... to Glasby? Did he get it busted? Is he he got hurt last week. His ribs, but he, he'll start yeah. and just do that job for you. But I, I honestly, I'd think... start Radley at six. That's what I'd do. Keep him out there for eighty. I think he's quality. I, don't, um, I wouldn't. And I'd burden... just play. I'd say to him, mate, you're either running or you're short passing. I don't just... want to burden Kiri though with the responsibility to control. He's going to have to anyway. I think. Yeah. Well, the kicking's one thing, but I think O'Sullivan. You've watched him as much as I have. But well, I coached him for three years. I, I, don't, I don't think he's played one first grade game against the Gold that. Coast Titans. And I know it's a bit of a wrap. I'm not saying he's Cooper Cronk, but I honestly think that he can do enough to steer them around the park. And to me, if I'm going to pull a half up, it'd be Mitch Cornish. I wouldn't. He's a runner. I don't think he's even a halfback. And on top of that, where his mind is, he's already. But that's qu- my thing. Like, I, he's already quitting to go back to Goulburn next year. Right. So, so he's got. Okay. So he's out the door. You got Sean, who's played one first grade game. With all due respect, he's a kid. He's a I baby. Know that. 
Um, but we've seen grand some crazy final. shit in grand finals before where players have been put in yeah, these situations. No, I, I can't see it. I, I'd play Radley there. I want and as then much. I'd just change my whole offense. Like if if it got to, you know, there might have been a conversation already. Like Cronk just goes, mate, I can't play. I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. Well, right? And then I'm, just, no, well, I'm totally, I'm totally redoing my whole attack because if you're Craig Bellamy, what are you doing? Are you expecting him to play? Are you expecting him not I'm to play? Expecting him not to play. I'm expecting him to play if I'm Craig Bellamy. And I, I'm looking at it from the point of Trent Robertson going, okay, so if I lose him... It's I've, a game of chess for me. I've I, cut my bench short as well. Lose and him. then I've carried Kronk. So I've lost Kronk, and then I've got to carry a seven. So I've lost well, no, two that's spots what I'm saying. Start Radley, start Radley, put him on the field, keep everything as is, and then just bring another player in on the bench. That's what I'd do. I'd think... Oh, and I'd go, think, you know what? We're just going to play down the middle of the field. We're going to kick well in good ball. We're just going to rely totally on Kiri and Tedesco. Put an extra defender there if you're going to. I think they'll do that anyway. They'll encourage whoever plays the other half for the Roosters. Melbourne will plonk the extra extra defender on Kiri's side. Um, and I think you'll get a lot of the dose of Kiri, Mitchell, um, and Tedesco. I think that's where they're going to go, obviously. So for me, if I'm Craig Bellamy, uh, sorry, if I'm Trent Robinson, I'm going, I'm going left of field. I'm, it's a game of chess. I think Bellamy's either going to be expecting O'Sullivan to play, or he's going to expect Cronk to play. Well, they've already tried the chess by naming Orbison at seven. I don't think that's chess. I think that's bench. fucking horseshit. It's, it's pointless. It doesn't matter it's because in the end, Mel- Melbourne aren't going to know until an hour before the game. And I don't think they're going to. Pl- People have suggested Madison play six again. Madison, when he was there, offered nothing in the ball playing department. He has that skill in him because he's played junior halves, but he's now. A middle or a back row. He's more a back row than him. They won't go that option. So me, yeah, as I said, I'm either if, going all in. If Kronk plays, if Kronk's gone, which I think he is, and it's like you said, we don't know. I'm playing O'Sullivan. Oh, I can't believe that people aren't as confident. Remember the remember the ankle injury Kronk had, and in eight days or whatever he overcome it. Remember the bruising all over his ankle, and he just physioed, 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 physioed. Is a strain. It's not. But it was a like a three. But we tear. don't know how. We don't. We don't know whether it is a full tear. Well, in his rotator cuff. Part. What? What? Everything. Well, again, you know things. That's what I'm saying. That's like, like a three week injury which you overcame in a week. So if know. if it's not a complete tear, I think Kronk will play. And I tend to think it is. Did you see him doing the movements on him? Yeah, um, the functional physio, movement. The physio was doing all the movement. He yeah, I know that, but he didn't really seem like he was in a lot of pain. I think he was. We just got to watch the game. He couldn't. Every time he got hit, you don't think Melbourne are just going to pummel him? Yeah. Every time he kicked, they whacked him, South. Every time he, he didn't go yeah, in the tackles. He, he played his... I, I there were some shit passes he got. I want to win. didn't run through for him. We're and, probably a bit different. You, I know you want to probably push on, but if you literally can't lift your arm up, I'm not playing you. I can't play you. You can't drop the ball to kick. He palmed yeah, everything I, off. I need to I know that you're going to be able to do that. But what I'm saying is I think I'd have confidence in the fact that he could overcome it. If it's a three-week injury, I'd have I'd have confidence he could do it. I don't it. think it's a three-week just, injury. It's just through his sheer... Yeah, but we don't know that. So that's what I'm saying. If it's a complete tear... He can't play. He can't play. He can't play, right? But we're assuming it's a complete tear. I, I don't think it is. I, I, I think it's a, probably a three-week injury, and I've got full confidence that Kronk can overcome that in the time because he's just got a so your crazy thoughts, work, work ethic. Your thoughts, though, and we've gone through this. We've got, got all the scenarios there. But if he doesn't play, you think they're going to beat, get beat 13 plus? Yeah, I, you I can't You honestly think there's I that big of a bridge see, between Melbourne and I the Roosters? I can't see. I don't see where the Roosters' points come from. I still don't think that we Because I know, because we, if you've got Kronk, you've got the... And the Roosters love to play from the posts. They play from the posts all the time. Get to the middle, split the field, play from the posts. They're not going to be able to do that. They're going to have to play from a tram or play from an edge because you don't have two halves. 
Sean O'Sullivan is not going to break down a Melbourne defence, in my opinion. Well, I was going to say again this year, though. Like, to me, like I look at Melbourne, Melbourne, at, they go, oh, well, they're the best two defensive sides, but Roosters are way better. I go, yeah, okay. But, let's look but at Melbourne, the to me, have lacked attention to detail in a lot of things that they've know, done for the majority of the year. Let's look at the You're Roosters. You're going to play the Melbourne on grand final day. You're not playing Melbourne that I you've seen that. all year. But let's look at the Roosters full stop all year, and you're trying to tell me that they've been that like tidy with Cronk in there, like organising it. Like, no, a lot of their but that's what I'm saying. Been, now you take him out. It's been individual brilliance, to be honest. That's why I'm still sitting here thinking, I still think they've got enough to win this Last game. time they played, Cronk played. It was at Adelaide Oval. Uh, was, and that's a nothing They, they scored eight points. That's after origin. That was a nothing game. I take nothing out of that game. Yeah, I take a little bit out of it. Just in the fact there's going to be low scoring. And then you take out your best organiser, you're going to be less organised. They're going to be more predictable. I don't know. If I'm coaching against the Roosters and and Cronk's out, I'm, I mean, I'm confident. I'm real confident. I still think there's. And the Roosters cough up a shitload of ball. They coughed up a shitload of ball on the weekend. We have the most handling errors in the comp. We're last in handling errors. So on the flip side, I was about to say that to you. I know that Seas made 16 errors errors on the weekend, but Melbourne. Their errors, they're almost even. I've got the stats. Um, I'll bring him in when we do the preview. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're, we're no Saints anymore. We're not the team we used to be. We were top four in completions all year. I get that. And I also think we have some defensive holds still as well. On the edges, we can be exposed. And I think they've got two of the better edges. So I uh, think that's where they're going to be trying to too, go. But but. Cooper Cronk, basically, we've gone through all the bits in there. But chances to play. Your honest thoughts. You think he's going to play? I think if it's a, if it's a three-week or less injury. So if it's a grade one or grade two tear. If you bet on it yeah, I'm, I'm getting to it. If it's, a, if it's a complete tear, he can't play. It doesn't matter who he is. He's not fucking Superman. But if it's a grade one or grade two, I think he plays. But don't, we don't know that. We're not going to know until well, after the game. Said, we're just predict, having a guess, though. I don't think he's going to play. So we'll see what happens there. Tackle three, the Dalian medal. Uh, we'll be a bit quicker on this one, obviously. But those first two points are obviously super important anyway yeah. and most of what people want to talk about. But the Dalian medal, uh, it's obviously tonight. Damien Cook, Valentine Holmes, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, Callum Ponga, some of the names that were mentioned. I don't know how Ponga's been mentioned, to be honest. I thought he started the year fantastic, but finishing off with injuries they, and... They can't accrue enough points. Well, you don't. they, win they didn't win games. enough games, yeah. so you're not getting threes, and then he missed games. It's a fault in the system of the so scoring. He yeah. gets punished for losses, and he missed games. All right? Uh, Valentine Holmes starts like a bastard, comes home like a house on fire. So mm-hmm. if he gets a bunch of threes and they won some games, which I think they did, I think he's a chance. Sheck, given the Warriors were only one win off, you know, the top side in the Roosters and the Storm and all that top four because it was only, you know, 16, 15 wins for everyone, he would have collected the three most of the time, I think. So he's a real big chip. If it's not Cook and it's not Sheck, I don't know who it is. Well, that's the thing. The only other person besides those two to me is Holmes and even him on the way home. I don't know how many times he would have collected the three or if it would be enough to knock off Sheck or Cook. Cook, of all of them, I think has been the most consistent all year, the best player. But I don't think he wins it because I think there's more people in his team that would have taken points off him. Mm-hmm. Sam would have taken points off him. Cody Walker would have taken so points off him. Reynolds. So if you want to go off process of elimination, like you said, because this award to me also has flaws in it. Of course it does. Sheck has the least amount of competition in his side to take off him. I know you could say there's Luke Johnson, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Johnson missed games. He wasn't all that consistent. Luke had a couple of flashes. Harris, when he played, was okay. But I honestly think that if all these players, he would have collected the most throws. So I think he's probably going to win it. Mm. But if you want to ask me who I think the most consistent over all year, not being injured in all game, and he played Origin, and I thought he was close to the best player in that. Damien Cook, to me, is the best player in the NRL this season. Like, people may disagree, and but uh, you want to talk about all year. 
Yeah, I think Cook, 24 games plus he played rep football. I think he's been the most consistent footballer for the season. I think Tedesco has been pretty good. He started that, pretty the thing slow. Is, yeah, the thing and is, that's what I'm getting Tedesco's at. Tedesco's not going to get anywhere near it. No, but I, I just looked the whole year again. He's had points taken off him and he's come home well, but he started the year. He was in a new team. He was adjusting, so it's not his fault. Yeah, I think Cook. But this is my I'm fault in the Cook. system. And I think he, him or Sheck, but yeah, if, if Holmes, how many games did they win at the back end of the year? I don't know. Did they come home with about six or eight of their last 12? Yeah, he honestly would have been close to the three in every game. He might get like a Campese type run tonight. Remember yeah. Campese's year? Yeah. When he racked up like six threes in a row when Canberra were just wrapping everyone down there. But I don't he didn't know. win it, but did he? No, he didn't win it. No. But that was the flaw in the system again. He mm. played good for like six weeks and he finished second or third in the voting. Yeah. Like it, it it's it's yeah, it's a bit crazy. But I I think Sheck might get it, but I, I think Cook to me would be more deserving of the award. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Mm. Yeah, one of those two. I don't know which one. Positional awards, fullback of the year. Again, like you've it's got, got to be Sheck. You've if got Sheck's arguments for Ponga and Tedesco and that, but I think Sheck has had a very good year. Yeah. So again, as far as the full twenty-four games, yeah, I think he's been more consistent than the other two. I think Tedesco might have had better games, or Ponga's had some outstanding games, but over the full year, I'd say Tedesco. Yeah, winger of the year, I think is very hard because you could go Corey Oates, like you've spoken about. To, but to me, I think Blake Ferguson this year has been the most outstanding winger. His yardage work is absolutely outstanding. He, and he consistently did it every week. Yeah, I'd say Ferguson. Oates had some huge games, but he had some weeks where then he wouldn't run for 100 metres. So I, I think Ferguson, to me, is probably the one out Fergie. there. People speak about Fussy Tour and the finish and all that. That's all well and good, but the yardage work week to week is, you know, it's unspoken how unappreciated that is. Yeah. Centaur is, to me, Latrell Mitchell head and shoulders. But we do our team of the year format. We do two centres we do like a full 13. I was sitting there going, who else would you pick if you're picking a pair of centers? Because mm. I think he was head and shoulders above everybody. Mitchell. Yeah. Mm. And then you've got – Will. people had Will Chambers on the voting when I saw the other day. He was terrible for Melbourne this year. I don't even think he'd be nominated for yeah, the award. No. I think Esau Masters would be a smoky. I think Jesse Raymond, if he didn't have some injuries and played the full year, would have been in contention for close to being one of the better centers in the competition. Yeah. But, like, you know, I think that's a position we've spoken about. It's, it's a bit thin these days, the center's position, compared to what it used to be. Yeah, I agree. Uh, five eight of the year, another one for me that's very very hard. But given the back end of the year, Munster. I'd give it to Munster. But I think Cody Walker had some moments. Maloney obviously started the year well, but again, consistently he, he fell off the perch. Yeah, at the back end of the season, halfbacks a bloody hard one. Who's your halfback? Why can't I bet on Dalian Metal? Uh, it depends what that betting agency. I think some have got it, some don't. Who would you pick as your halfback? Oh, gee, halfback. This is one the other day again. Like, I don't. I think Cooper's been solid for the Roosters without being outstanding. I know the Tigers didn't make the finals, but I thought Luke Brooks had a very good season. And then you've got Cherry Evans, who, while they had a terrible year, went into Origin, did a good job, but he was hot and cold as well. Like, I don't really think there's been a clear seven. And as bad as the Cowboys' year went, I thought Jonathan Thurston, on a weekly basis, just ripped, teared and busted. And he had a, he, I know stats aren't a key indicator for everything. We say that all the time. But he still had a pretty good year, considering how bad they went. So mm. that one, to me, is well open, halfback. I think you could make an argument, like we said before, and have a good conversation with people and, and you'd come up with a different answer. But halfback to me, I, I, I don't know who you'd give that one to. I really don't. I'll give it a crunk. Yep. Front row of the year. That's a hard one. Yeah, it's a tough one. I thought Marty Tapao had a pretty good season. Yeah, he did. I thought even his partner, Fanua Blake, but I wouldn't put him probably up in that category. Uh, you know, Jesse Bromwich, I thought, missed some games this year. Probably wasn't as good. Andrew Fafita, as much as I think he's a knucklehead, had a pretty good season again, so I think he's right up there for that one. No. Um, yeah. 
That, that's a hard no, one. No, no, no. Back row of the year. I know a lot of people love Frizzell and I love Frizzell too. Well, to be fair, if Vaughn didn't get busted, he would have been. He would have gone close. If, like at the, if you were doing it at the halfway pole, he would probably would have won it. You've been pretty close, yeah. If you don't think that Tarek Sims had a better all round year again than Frizzell, and that's why I don't, I don't like the popular vote for that reason. I think Sims had a better year all round. Yeah, I'd Frizzell. agree with that. Yeah. I think Frizzell had an outstanding had, season, but Frizzell probably had better games. Sims just juggernauted it more consistently again, and that's why I think those awards but consistently, yeah. yeah. Not on name. And Locke, I know a lot of people would probably say Sam Burgess, but I think Jake Trebojevic, regardless of how bad the year was, had a pretty good year. And Jack DeBellin, if he doesn't get injured and kind of slow down at the back end of the year, he would have been red hot for that award as well. Yeah. But I think Jake Trebojevic would probably take that one. Rookie of the year, apparently Radley doesn't meet the criteria, which I think is a bit crazy. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, I think games played or being suspended this year, they said he's one of the two reasons why he wasn't. Oh, he can't be considered. He's been suspended. Uh, I think Jesse Raymond had a great year. I know Osaka is probably the easy pick for everyone, but no way. A, big, a bigger impact on a team, I reckon AJ Brimson for your nah, one. just came in too late. Really? Yeah. I reckon he played over 10 games to me. He had a better no, impact. No, I'd be giving it to... Um, I'd give it to Raymond. Well, Osaka is the favourite for that one. Coach of the year, again, you can argue to you blue in the face. Uh, no one considers Bellamy just because they've been... The way they have been for such a long time, I'd give it to Seabold. Yeah, same. But at the same time, I, again, I, you can't understate what's happened down in Melbourne. And Trent Robinson at the same time, I know he's got all the toys, but he had to pull that side together. So they're probably the three big efforts, really. This event is not currently available. Any other awards I'm missing? No. That's pretty much the crux of it all, isn't it? So I'm just pissed I can't get a bet on here. Keep looking, brother. Tackle four as we move on. To our seven tackle set, Brock's pet hate game reviews, man. So we'll get through these right now. Storm Sharks doesn't need a hell of a lot of explanation. Twenty-two to six, it was over and done with in the first half. Um, they came down to Melbourne, Billy Slater's last home game at Melbourne after a week off, getting all their players back after a good win. That had a clangor against the Roosters, which was an absolute ripper of a game. Physical battle. Just escaped playing the Panthers the week before. Lost Gallon. Lewis coming with a calf injury. Way Graham is missing. Like that, that, The odds were against them before they even got down there. Mm. And Melbourne, from the outset, to me, punched holes in them from the start. Munster went halfway through. Bromwich poked his nose through a couple of times. Billy Slater got dropped back by Croft once or twice. Um, it was looking pretty ominous fairly early. They were playing with a lot of width off the ruck. They were avoiding all this shit of Pryor and Fafita and those kind of guys and playing at their edges. And Cronulla just never composed and never settled into the game. Uh, their, their set ends were poor. Moylan and Townsend, after being great the week before, didn't have a, a good night, especially Moylan. He had a very poor night and they targeted him in defence. And I think that showed they scored two tries down that edge pretty easily, going mm. at Matt Moylan or picking at that spot. Felice Cafusi simply got between him and the outside man on the telly, which was a crack of bit of footwork and offload for Billy who got it back to Croft, and then later in the half, again, they just ran a shape at him. He had to come up on his inside shoulder to make a decision. He chose to hold, and Billy Slater just ran around him. So, uh, you know, I think on the flip side of it, though, the real positive I take out of Melbourne, Melbourne had to defend their line a lot. Yeah. They made some poor errors in yardage and gave away some penalties, and Cronulla had some opportunities. Not as many as Cronulla. But Cronulla Matt Moylan were... kicked on the third tackle. Matt Moylan made another error on a third play. Like, they would park down there a few times. Vunny... Came in to cover a winger, then got back out and did enough to push Capewell over the sideline. Obviously, we had the shoulder charge early on in the game or whatever you want to call it. Like There was four or five good chances and Melbourne just gave them nothing. And at the other end yeah, of the field... Yeah, they didn't give themselves. They didn't earn the right. They um, yeah, they started with the yardage error, penalty. Melbourne kicked a penalty goal. Um, as you said, their key position players are really poor. 
thought their kick options were horrendous. Yeah, oh, terrible. The kicking game was disgusting. Even the kick chase, they were scattered around every yeah, turn. Um, allowing the Storm out of their own end easily. Just dumb penalties. Really, really dumb penalties. I thought the Storm looked really fast and sharp in attack uh, the week off. And, and the one key to me, when Melbourne are playing well, they're playing down short sides well. Yeah. Uh, and they really they, they really started playing down short sides and pinning the Sharks for numbers. Uh, I thought the Sharks... From early in the game, Luke Lewis, I think it was, that started it, arguing referees, just become sidetracked with a niggle. Um, I thought their edge, D, was passive. Uh, the Cronulla, they... The storm shape was okay. Um, it was but, pretty basic, though. You know, I think the Roosters the roosters would be a much tougher test to break down, obviously, defensively. They'll solve but, what we threw at them. They're not going to um, hold off. The other, the other one that sort of slid by was the fact that Fecky went off the field. Like, he went off the field just before half-time. Yep. It placed him under a little bit of interchange pressure. Yeah, well, they had to um, put And then K-Roll. reshuffle and et cetera. But they, they had that thuggery on half-time. Like, Fafita trying to fight someone. Smith puts a kick in. It's 20 nil at half-time. And he just think, you're a fucking idiot, Fafita. Like, what, like this is the reason why... You will never reach your potential because you've always got this stupidity in your game. And this is the main thing that highlighted the difference between the two teams and why one's going to a grand final and one's not. Yeah, well, they, within two minutes, it went from 14-0, Cronulla having a shot at Melbourne on their line to a penalty. Um, then you had the sidetracked Fafita with a roll in. It's 20-0 at half time. The game's gone. Yeah, well, you had Matt Pryor as well in a ruck prior to that. Thought I went in for an eye gouge yeah. and a bit of a head slam. Shit got grubby. But at the end of the day, like you said, he backs up. A crusher tackle to let Melbourne out with a minute 30 to go to get down in a good ball and then stays in the fight. And I think it just speaks for their whole team, honestly, yeah. which shitted me because I, I'm a big rap on the Sharks. Anyone that listens well, knows you that. said early in the year, you, you thought they could win the comp. I and thought, I, I said that they couldn't just because I didn't think that they could, their, their key position players well, losing were good some enough. troops, I think, definitely. It, definitely. Yeah. And, it, you know, I got proven to be right, but they got further than what I thought they would. Yeah. Um, just a couple, like straight after half time, they had that try disallowed. So it could have easily been if oh, they yeah. if they'd scored just before half time there, and it's fourteen six at half time, then that try is is awarded. 14-12. It's fourteen twelve or fourteen ten. It's game on. But again, they get in their own way, uh, in their own way, Cronulla, and um, well, they might... just built no pressure on Melbourne's line at all. It was just always trying to score in this set, trying to score in this set. Yeah, well. They never really got repeat sets. There's one pick up there. I, I sent you the video last night of Slater. Makes a try-saving tackle near the posts on uh, just slightly to the right of um, the uprights. Then in all in the same motion, ties in at marker. Dummy half-pass goes, goes, wraps all the way around out to Melbourne's right edge, Sharks left, cleans up a kick and gets back in the field to play. And it just makes me shake my head. Like, I watch all games, most games when I'm watching by myself. If you're not there, I watch them in without volume. And you just... You, you can just watch him um, as much as you can, obviously, with the with the selection of camera angles. But off the ball, what he does off the ball is incredible. Like, I'd love to know some GPS data on how many kilometres he, he covers in a game. But um, second half, I thought the game, from, from when that, that trial was disallowed, the game went to shit. They both started making errors. Yeah. The Sharks were playing ad lib. Um, well, they offloaded 23 just, times, yeah. but they come up with plenty of errors. Melbourne... They weren't as sharp. There was a lot of blokes smiling every scrum, every penalty, every stoppage because they knew yeah, it was they knew the game done. over. But the, the one thing about Melbourne that I really think is going to test the Roosters is they wide the width off the off the nine in in yardage. They get nice wide passes. Smith throws a perfect pass. He gets his front rows rolling over the advantage line um, with width. So they're playing on the C and D defenders or three and four defenders. Yeah. And it's just they, it, it allows your middle forwards to run downhill. It's not a catch and run, you yeah. know. Where a lot of sides, it's either I'm scooting out or I'm catching and running. 
It just gets them playing at you. Well, they're going to have um, to do it because the Roosters' line speed is absolutely relentless. And if you play into that mini line, and we've spoke about it all year, a lot of people listen to us, the first three defenders either side of the ruck is generally where you get the shit wrestled out of you. If you get caught and catched well, and they get numbers in. One out. If you get out to the C and D defenders, the spacings get wider. You can generally play at a half or a back row on his own. There's bigger spacing. So you can try and get one-on-one and get a quicker play the ball. Yeah. And we know that the ruck's been a bit slower. They're both going to lay all over the ruck. There's no doubt about that. But Melbourne did it last week. They got away from Pryor, Woods for feeder, et cetera. They didn't play for the middle. They kept getting wider earlier, and that allowed them, like you said, to play those short sides. Because yeah. they ran their big men like Bromwich or Nelson down those edges, got a quick play of the ball, and then they were jumping man on a few times, especially on that right. And then Billy creates an extra number because he tucks in behind all the time, behind Smith. And Smith used him a few times just as a dummy back to the inside to hold the markers up, and they created four on threes or five on threes on short sides. Yeah. So, I, I, again, I honestly think the Roosters are leagues ahead of what the Sharks are defensively. And I don't think they stuck to their principles of their game this year, the Sharks, which was their defense. And I said it on the run in, like yeah, the Manly game and all of those games. They, they weren't defensively anywhere near what they were. But I definitely think that the some of the basics that Melbourne ran are not going to be as effective, and they're going to have to work a lot harder to get points against the Roosters. Yeah, I'd agree but, with that. Uh, yeah. Basically, this one, you know, they, they've done well to get here. They lost some key players, but they cost themselves from the start. They didn't look by the way. Their discipline was shit. Um, I still think it's been a pretty good year for them, considering. Yeah, I think they they certainly um, probably overachieved where I thought they would. I, I thought they'd be a bottom of the eight side. From Melbourne. Ah, uh, sorry, bottom of the yeah, bottom of the top eight. Billy Slater, a couple of tries, a try save. He was he was very, very good. I thought Smith, uh, again, underrated a lot of the small stuff, the kicking game. Jesse Bromwich, one of his better games. And Felice Cafusi spoke about Sims and a couple other guys before. I reckon he's pushing to be the start, one of the starting back rowers for Australia. He's been pretty outstanding. Yeah. I know we've got I know we've got Frizzell and we've got Cordner, but to me I don't like our front rowers. And they were talking about the other day, oh well Minning is talking about picking Aaron Woods again. I'm like, look, we've used Frizzell and those guys in the World Cup final instead of Clemmer and Woods to finish the game in the middle because we needed some leg speed and some power. As far as I'm concerned, Frizzell for Australia can play lock or prop. Yeah. Uh, start with Jake Draboyevich. I'd happily have Felice on an edge with Boyd Corden on the other side of the field and have Frizzell coming off the bench as a tight player. If you want impact, I'd rather him, Papa, I don't care who, but I'm not picking Aaron Woods. And David Clemmer, I said it before, love him as an NRL player, but in rep games and origin level, it is way too fast for a big straight up and down front rower right now. Jordan McLean, I'll give an exception to because I think for his size, he's at least mobile enough and still got a bit of footwork. Mm. And he showed at the back end of the year what he could have done for the Cowboys. So I think he'll be back in line for a jersey because they're heavy on him. But for me, Woods and Clemmer at rep level, I wouldn't pick. But I'd agree. Yep. Good game. Uh, Roosters, South, 12-4. No Napa, no Latrell Mitchell, and Cooper Crump was busted from halftime. <laughs> Wow. Um, the reshuffle, smart as far as I was concerned. Orbison not to play in that center spot. Paul Morovsky has been very, very good coming through the junior system. Again, if you don't watch Cup and these kind of things, you don't see these players, but he's had he's been in that system for a long time. Mm. He's been up with the top squad. I thought he did a pretty good job. He dropped the ball in yardage, yes, but there was hands in a couple of those rucks that Sias, I thought, were lucky to get away with. And the Roosters got away with a couple as well. But all in all, this to me was just Souths doing Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What they've done a couple of weeks ago, we said we need to get out of the game. Too many errors. They tried to play too sideways without establishing the ruck. Uh, Seabold, disappointingly to me, whinged after the game saying, I thought they laid a low burst and this and that and the other. They but did. They did, but you could do the same. That's finals, whether mm. people like it or not, the rules changed. Yeah, I think that's more a, um, and I'm not going to ref bash, um, but the appointment of Ashley, Ashley Klein is a fucking joke. It should have been Matt Checken. That's a whole nother can of worms. Yeah, but forget that. The fact now. that Matt Checken wasn't refing and isn't refing this weekend. Um, well, it's he, been that know, to, Yeah, I know that. But to me, he just, he brings out a better game. And that, to me, that, that, the, the 10 metres was 7 metres. There well, was wasn't any better. And, no, I, I agree. I, I agree with what you're saying. But, you know, and go, this goes back to what you were saying originally. Your original point is you adjust to it. You don't you adjust. You can't adjust blame 16 errors um, and just... And they didn't. They needed to get deeper. They needed yeah, to lay they themselves. Didn't and they didn't target Look, for me, it wasn't, an, it wasn't a good game to watch. And I think the refereeing had a lot to do with that. And that's a whole other debate. But... Um, the fact Matt Checkin isn't there, I think he's sad. And the fact he's not going to be there on Sunday, where the game is going to be poorer for it. Um, however, yeah, they needed to adjust. And they're going to have to adjust this weekend because it's Sutton and Klein. So you're going to have that interpretation there. Hopefully someone gets in his ear and says, just keep him apart a little bit more and stop letting them lay in there. Um, because the interpretations that we've been enforced at the start of the year certainly gone out the window, and we've gone back to what we saw in previous seasons. So yeah, well, we had the best attacking team against the best defensive team, and they gave them zero tries. And the one opportunity they got yeah. was a forward pass by Alex Johnston. But they... I didn't think that was a forward pass. I did. I saw the side angle went on the replay because I was with you when I saw it from behind. But on that other angle, I thought it went forward. Yeah. But it, and at the end of the day, we've said it all year. They're poor on their right. Defensive or their left edge defensively, they considered more than half their tries there, but the Roosters went at the other edge and they got up a couple of times down there. Yeah. If their power they, game they, doesn't they get look going. Like they, were, they look like they were playing like official play to Campbell Graham. Like they were they were sort of getting to the post, the Roosters, and then tipping the ball one or two passes to try and get. And as soon as they got Campbell Graham in, the ball went to Tedesco with a nice face, face ball on the outside. They did it a couple of times. Well, they got him to come in on Gagos, man. He made the mistake That's of what not I'm saying, trusting but He Gagos. tried to land on the pass because you know you're outnumbered there. So the key is there, if you pick the right man, whoever's getting the footy, you can shut well, the play down. I think down, the only problem is, like I said, though, he picked Gagos' player. There's he, two outside he, him. So. Yeah, but he, he picked the wrong player. He's a 19-year-old kid. Yeah. I'll give him that. But again, in a big game. It was just game, smart play. There was two players for him smart to go coaching. for. He, he picked Gagos. Man, I don't understand but what he was thinking. early on... I thought the Roosters made a shitload of errors. They made they gave away penalties. They They're gifted happy to, South. Though. Yeah, but they gift they gifted South field position. The yardage um, errors of Tupo and Ferguson, I agree with you, Paul. But the penalties, and I said it last week when I tipped them. I just thought they were intentionally yeah, going to frustrate them. Penalties and, on your own own line are okay, but penalties to invite South down, I thought were uncharacteristic. Um, there was an, there was an early decision there where the bunker overturned a Roosters dropout. There um, they deemed it that South knocked it on. Um, so I thought that was. A little bit of a turning point. You know, if South would have got the footy there, it was an attacking opportunity that was, was taken away from. And it was fair. It was fair. He touched it. But how many times do you see him not overturn? Like, I, I don't they know whether they... the other night, apparently. Well, hopefully Sunday. they do. I, like, if in the grand final, they're going to do that, and it goes both ways, I'm happy with it. I just found it a little bit yeah, strange that some of them you, you see and you go, well, some what the hell's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for me, this game highlighted the importance that the Roosters have to cycle. They're, they're a cycle team. They love... Minimal stoppages to the game, and they're going to have to do that against Melbourne because Melbourne love set starts. Well, they another, love another um, good tactic taps, scrums. against Souths. Yeah, keep the ball in play. The Dragons cycle. did it to them last week. Um, yeah, it was, it was smart. Um, 
But to do that, they've got to be disciplined. They can't drop the ball. They can't piggyback Melbourne out of their own end. And it also goes back a little bit to what I said the week before. I love Anthony Seabold, but the only bench player he wanted to use was Murray. Mm. So you put an expectation on yeah, all, yeah. everyone, bar Cameron Murray, and rotate George the three too, times and Tom yeah. a couple of times. Like You've got no faith in Totola, Britt, and Heimel Hunt's just there for a sit. The Roosters, like I said, can bring on Radley, who can play an edge, can play a nine, can get in there, he can ball play, he can offload, he takes a good hit up, he puts shots on. Madison got on, made a couple of good carries. He can offload, he can pass. Ted Ivano leaves a dent when he gets on. Even Lindsay Collins. Lindsay yeah. Collins got uh, Burgess to make an error and was good in his 10 minutes. And this week, again, getting Arpa and a couple of these guys back, you need to be able to get something out of your bench. Yeah. And like they've you got said, a bench, the Roosters. South was too lateral in attack. They played corner post to corner post, not black dot to black dot. Yeah. And well, they, didn't you know, they, needed, they needed to get on the back of the forwards. I thought the Burgesses were poor. I think the Burgesses were fairly poor at the back end of the year. A lot of errors, um, slow play of the ball. It's just their effect was, I think, blunted a lot by the sides who were able to slow them down and it disrupted Cook. Um, to me, the Roosters' line speed, it disrupted South. Um, the fullbacks, like I look at... For me, like the Roosters aren't going to be able to do that against Melbourne because Melbourne will just go, okay, rush up, that's all good. We'll take a couple of steps back and we'll adjust our attack on the on the run. Souths weren't good enough to do that. I think Cody Walker looked a little bit lost out there on the field. For me, I thought Reynolds played a good game. Um, but for me, I think it's a false economy for the Roosters because Alex Johnson, to me, is a freckle on Billy Slater's backside in terms of the quality he's going to bring on the edge. So they're really going to have to be prepared for what Billy Slater brings. They they managed to dodge a couple of bullets with Alex Johnson, but those bullets they dodged with Johnson, you're not going to dodge them against Slater. So, um, yeah, again, I think cycling is, is going to be important. Melbourne will love a stop-start game. So, Roosters, if you're going to make errors and you're going to give away penalties, it's going to be a long night for you. Um, but I don't know how to measure the Roosters' goal on attack. I, You know, it was good against South, but I thought their attack was poor. I think Melbourne are going to bring a lot more to the table. They're going to do a lot more video. They've had two weeks to prepare. I think they, they would have assumed that the Roosters would, would go through, uh, particularly after what South dished up against St. George. You would have thought, well, Roosters will go through them like we did. Well, they would have, they would have prepped for both. You know um, how meticulous they are. And to me, the biggest question also coming out of this game is like the Roosters to me structurally on goal line D are ugly. Like they get things wrong, but they scramble. They get bodies in the picture. They get and you can't teach, like we said before, a scramble. Times. You can't teach attitude and scramble. All the effort plays they make, the repeat efforts, they get up on negative side. They cut off the space. They cut down time. If they miss, there's blokes they're covering for you. They and they, I've said it last week. And that's the only reason I tipped them, and I still stick by it. They are willing to concede. There was a stint here in the second half. I got it written down where there was five sets in a row: penalty, penalty, penalty like tackle three, tackle four. Dropouts, they do not care. Yeah. They thrive off that shit. Trent Robinson is based on defense. Yeah. They've won most of their games this year defending. They will invite you. If they think they're under threat, they're not going to crumble or, like you said, find an out or a weak moment. They will give away a penalty on the last tackle if they have to. You will earn every point you get from the Roosters. They will yeah. not give you a fucking thing, not yeah. a crumb. First half, but interestingly, both teams completed at below 75%. You do that against Melbourne, you're going to be a big strife. Well, again, like so I said, during the year it we've was had... scrappy. Um, Melbourne's had some poor and completion again, the rates. the biggest thing for me, like watching Melbourne, if I'm Craig Bellamy previewing, everything they do, the Roosters, is run from the middle of the field. And that's going to be so easy if they come out and run that again without Cronk. And, you know, we're assuming that Cronk's going to be out. I, I, Yeah, we don't know. 
But if he's out, like you just double wherever Kiri is. More often than not, I think it's going to be on that corner Latrell Mitchell side where they're going to try and attack with um, Tedesco sweeping. So to me, they're going to have to change that up a little bit. Um, I think one spot that's undervalued, and again, being somebody who watches Mel, you watch every game as well. I'm not saying I know any better. We have a weak spot to me. Our weak spot, as much as I think Munster is good physically, he has a tendency to get up past the ball. And when he does so, Stimson can be isolated. And Stimson does a good job, but physically you can get over the top of him. I think they'll definitely not only just go that left-hand side because they've got a bit of strike. But, but they're going to go there to target that. They're going to go for the right. They're going to look to get Munster up. And I think Curtis Scott has some really good games for a 19, 20-year-old kid, but he also has some poor days as well. So the two spots for me for Melbourne are edge defense. I think all week, I think they'll be confident they can hold the middle. We've, mm. we've seen all year. Friend's not really created from nine. They're not going to really threaten your middle. But those two edges with Manu, Latrell, Mitchell, etc., and the two back rowers and the halves, that's where they're going to be getting that all day. Yeah, they're I going think, to try um, and pull the pants down like they did in Origin for Latrell. He'll be really confident, I guess, because he's had a pretty convincing win over Will Chambers multiple times. Yeah. And Felice was also there. Like That whole edge is basically like playing Origin again. On the other side of the field, though, I think that's an underrated spot, and I'm sure they're going to look at it. But Munster got his pants pulled down last week in that Lewis try, the same as he did week one when Cameron Murray scored because he just gets up past the ball a little bit. Scott's pretty good at jam, but again, physically, I think Manu may give him some trouble. And we saw last week, Manu got over the top of GI. I know he didn't get much ball, but he held up three blokes to get that offload for that Ferguson try that kind of came from nothing. So their bread and butter, like you said, maybe come from the middle of the field, but Storm's edge defense is going to have to be on. Yeah. I um, I just Craig Bellamy's going to say, well, whoever if Cronk doesn't play, whoever comes in, you're the one that's going to beat us. He won't allow Kiri to beat you. He won't allow Tedesco to beat you. And he won't allow Latrell Mitchell to beat you. So they'll just put Slater. It's going to, it's the one thing that playing from the middle of the field, it's going to put pressure on Slater. That's why I think it was so important that Slater got cleared. Jerome Hughes, fantastic replacement. But just knowing where to go, being able to react, bounce out, and scramble is Billy Slater's greatest strength defensively. And as you said, he's very good at organizing their line. So. There's nothing um, better. You've said it's not. We, like you said, watching TV. You go live, and we've got a lot more. No, he's him. incredible. You can hear him all game. It yeah. doesn't matter how many people are there. He is absolutely screaming at people. Yeah. As a middle forward, or even when that's I what to, you want. You want to know where yeah. you're going. And you even when I used to play an edge, though, you still want to know sometimes left or right. I'll get back. He is telling them, directing vocally and physically when you're retreating all the time. They yeah. know exactly where they need to be, and then you have confidence knowing that if somebody gets through, much like they did the other night, that he's going to put in one hell of an effort not to let them score. Yeah. He's one of the best. But um, I had a bit more detail on this game, but at the end of the day, I think it summed up pretty simply. South's had more than ample opportunity inside 20. They came up with nothing. They were frustrated, and it's just a knock-on effect. And while they were the best attacking team in the game, they're going to have to add more to their game next year because it's a simple flow-on effect. Win the middle. Damien Cook gets out off the back of Damien Cook. If he doesn't create something off his running or an offload or push him to the center of the park, they love to play to that long side to the left. And they yeah. create good deception off that left, but the more video, the more time that's gone on through the year, people figure it out. Kill the Burgesses, kill the right, kill Damien Cook. No momentum, no way to shift out. People number up on it. It doesn't work. So they've got to come back next year. And again, if the interchanges drop again, as much as I love the Burgesses, they never really run in pairs. They don't really push through with supports in the middle. They don't really take pressure off themselves and they have those carries. And everyone knows about Damien Cook now. So when you play South, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. Kill yeah. the middle, kill the ruck, or if they're not pushing in numbers, can't get quick play the balls, Damien Cook can't run. Damien Cook can't run or they can't generate middle ruck speed. They can't set up to try and get that shift play or they can't react off the back of it. But 
I, I thought the other night they just yeah they wanted to go to the well on that left hand side. It was summed up for me in the second half when Cody Walker had to go on his knees to surrender on a play, and they had multiple sets. That was like a third set in a row, and on player three, they went to go sideways off a half quick play. It wasn't even a quick play the ball, and he got caught with a, a decoy running through on a shepherd, and he had to just go down and surrender. And I was like, well, the whole game has been this. Yeah, they have just. Venus fly trapped you, like I said they would during the week. I just had a feeling that they would frustrate them and give them nothing. And like I said about Seabold, South never met him in that battle. The Roosters dragged him into that fight and said, "You're gonna, you're gonna beat us. You're gonna definitely gonna earn it." Yeah. And they weren't willing to get into the scrap with him. Exactly. And they didn't change tact at all. And full credit to the Roosters. And the Cronk thing is a massive blow. But like I said, to get Latrell to get an up about this week and they've still got a very good side. I. I don't buy into people already putting the pen through them. I really don't. I think this is a one-score game, even without Cooper Cronk if he doesn't play. Um, on the other side, if Billy doesn't play, like I said, I think it's a bigger blow. I really do. I know Jerome's great, but I don't think Jerome brings ticks as many boxes yet. He's a great footballer, but he's not Billy Slater. Yeah, but, agree. Yeah, there's a tackle for the review. So we'll get into the grand final preview now, even though I'm pretty sure we've done a fair bit of it. But before we do so, Penrith Solar Centre. Do you know what hurts more than your team going down in a nail biter? It's getting slapped with a huge electricity bill and then biting your nails trying to pay it. Take back the power from the electricity companies and generate it yourself. The team at Penrose Solar Center are dedicated to providing you with the highest quality solar energy experience to make you and your family the real big winners. Contact the boys and Jake there at the Penrose Solar Center today on 1800 to discuss how they can make you the real winners this season. It's coming to that time of year. We've said it a million times this year, Box said, you've got a system, I've got a system, the old man's got one. I work in this industry as well. The bills are definitely not getting any cheaper. So if you're going to get onto solar, we've had three or four listeners, I think, get in touch with Jake and the boys there. Yeah. Mentioned the podcast. Now's the time to get your solar system sorted out. And on the back of that, if you're a tradie like myself, Nepean Boltmaster, www.nepbolt.com.au. They are a complete fastening system supplier with their main office located at Penrith. And they've got another one out there at Seven Hills. They cover heaps of space, and they boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products, not only in the region, but throughout the state. But there's a lot more than just fasteners. You can also find industrial and engineering products, abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting materials, handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints, and general hardware items. It's like a mini Bunnings. Nepean Boltmaster provides total needs sourcing packages for all trades associated with construction, engineering, and industry segments. So if you're a tradesman like myself, get all your bits and bobs from Woz and the boys there at www.nepbolt.com.au Nepean Boltmaster Well We've gone through A fair bit of it already Boxhead But Again Grand final We've got One and two We've got the two Best defensive teams They're only separated By a couple of points In an attack They're both Pretty solid as well As much as the Roosters Were a bit clunky Throughout the year They've still got Plenty of strike weapons You've got Tedesco As we spoke about Uh, We don't know about Kronk playing But Luke Keary Latrell Mitchell Joseph Manu Pretty decent forward pack Radley and a couple of guys Off the bench So um, They've shown that They they can win games Even when things have looked Messy in attack So Most importantly though I guess for both sides Is they're both built off defence Melbourne on the flip side Like I said You'd probably expect A little bit more uh, You know Things to be a little bit More better put together as far as attack when you've got Cameron Smith running things off the ruck, Billy Slatter in behind, Cameron Munster. That's done a lot as far as I'm concerned to take some pressure off Brodie Croft. But that is one of the bigger things I think that will be exposed this week. Much like if O'Sullivan or someone else plays for the Roosters, I have no doubt in my mind uh, the Roosters will be targeting Brodie Croft. Yeah. And that's one thing I don't think it's happened the first couple of weeks. He's been back in the side. So looking at these two, 
ins and outs on the Storm side of things. Obviously, Billy Slater uh, got cleared at the judiciary, so there's no outs there. A couple of guys and the reserves, people were speaking about Ryan Hoffman. We, we said it all year. I like the fact he went back there for depth and possibly being a bench player, but they've moved past him now. Stimson owns that role. You're not going to put him on the bench over Welch, Kenny, or Brandon Smith to me. And week one, when he didn't name Brandon Smith in there and then moved him in, I wasn't surprised. So I don't think there'll be any changes for Melbourne. The Roosters side of things, clearly Alderson's not going to play number seven. So mm-hmm. the real question is whether you think Kronk's playing or not. If Kronk's playing, obviously he will move well, into seven. It's not subjective. It's just if he, if he plays, I'll be as... I think that reason... Well, they won't. They'll have to make a few changes. But If he plays... Yeah, he's been named in the reserves. He's not named in the side. He's named in Jersey yeah, 23. but they'll run out as they did last weekend is the point. Yeah, what I'm um, getting at if is... If they don't, then your guess is as good as mine. Regardless, so. they get Latrell Mitchell back and Dylan Napa, which makes a big difference. So Lindsay Collins naturally moves out. Momorowski's on the bench at the moment. But whether it's O'Sullivan or whether it's Cronk to me... Yeah, but we're, we're clutching at straws. I know, know, but I think... That's what I'm getting at. But if those two are the seven, I think Orbison moves to the back row, Liu goes to lock, Radley back to the bench, and Momorovsky out. And that leaves him with Madison, Tedavano, Radley, and Napa on the bench, which is a very handy bench to have. It's a good bench. Yeah. So that's basically what, what we're, I'm thinking or pretty close to. I think you'd agree if one of those two was playing halfback, will be the makeup yeah. with players getting pushed around in the forward pack. Um, the Roosters, looking at their side of things, the best defensive team in the comp. Ways to explain it, like you said, it may be a little bit messy at times, but simply it's it's an attitude thing. It's an intent thing. They don't just get up and defend well or wrestle. They they want to hurt blokes. They get mm. numbers in. They stick well. They get all over the ruck. They've got better mental fortitude and toughness than any team, I think, inside 20. They invite the challenge, whereas you see a lot of these teams at the bottom end, which is why they don't make finals, who crumble as soon as they give away a repeat set or an extra penalty. The Roosters will defend their line stoutly. They'll concede penalties, they'll give away repeat sets, they will just hold and hold and hold. They are relentless. Yeah. I think that is the one big thing. Their yardage, I think, is great. They do have errors, though, coming out of yardage. But you saw it the other night, like you said. They kept the ball in play. Tedesco, Blake Ferguson, Daniel Tupo. Tupo is the one that's rocks and diamonds for me, but they get good set starts. So that's a big positive on that side of things. That bench, uh, if it does work out that way, they've got great versatility. Radley, in particular, is a real game-breaker. Mm-hmm. to be bringing off the bench. Um, their left edge, you, you think that's probably the place they're going to be going. Like you said, now they've got the trail back. That's been the key this year going down there with Tedesco, Kiri, etc. That's where the bigger part of the points have come. But you cannot understate now the right edge with Joseph Marnie, who's gone completely unnoticed, underappreciated. But you'd have to say he's one of the better centers in the competition of yeah. what you've seen now. Like, would agree with that. It's pretty hard not to say that. And... Um, Tedesco, you know he's going to be hanging around. He's going to be lurking all games, set starts. His passing game's improved. He loves hanging around the middle. He gets around on those sweet lines. Um, I think the kicking game with Cronk's there is obviously going to be very, very good. But on the flip side of that, if he's not there, there's pressure on Kiri to do that job or Sullivan or someone else. So there's some of the key things I, I think about the Roosters. Is there anything you think I've missed there? No, or? look, I think it all hinges on Cooper Cronk. And if he doesn't play, the reshuffle that's going to have to happen, how that goes. I think the game is going to be won and lost in the Storm coming out, so the Storm exiting in yardage, and the Roosters' ability to hold them in there or to piggyback them out of there. I think the more that they can make Melbourne work as hard as possible to get out of their own end, the better off the Roosters are going to be. If they let Melbourne get out of there easily, uh, they're going to lose. Yeah, Simple as that for me. Um, yeah. The goal-line defence, we know he's strong. Um 
I think they're, they're going to keep the ball in play, obviously. I think they need to offload the ball. Cronulla did a little bit of that uh, on the weekend. But for me, Cronulla tried to uh, offload and then move the ball sideways. I think if you offload against Melbourne, go straight up to where the offload came from and try and go through the middle of them, then you're going to find some love on the edges. But um, tries conceded this year, 56 Roosters, 65 Melbourne. So there's a significant difference. But the one for me about with the Roosters' defence ineffective tackles they've got 470 to Melbourne's 379 so it tells me tells you a lot about their line speed That's tells right. you that they like to be aggressive they yeah. miss tackles but they cover up because they've got numbers in the frame well I think the whereas num- it tells you Melbourne are probably more effective in their defense but are happy to concede a little bit of ground well Melbourne are happier for the the cleaner ruck the stick the work yeah. through get their numbers in get their levers get them to the ground whereas like you said the roosters I think the thing about it is for your Napa, who probably equates for a fair few of those, and you worry Hargraves and these kind of guys, because the whole line gets up as a whole, like you're saying, that initial miss, there's numbers around already. Yeah. Or they, they're getting a shot on, they're not sticking, yeah. but they're affecting the tackle. And so, the Roosters have made more errors, like we spoke about that before. Yeah. Penalties are exactly the same. It's 203, 201, so exactly the same. The one for me when I was going through the stats, sin bins. I don't the think- Roosters have had 10 Okay, so that tells you a little bit about what you were talking about before. Inside 20. Inside 20, they're happy to give penalties away. I wouldn't be surprised if the Roosters have someone simbing on the weekend <laughs> just because they're happy to just go penalty, penalty, penalty. Yep, yeah, okay, cool, go off, we'll, we'll defend it. Well, They've done it in multiple games this year. Again, even with um, 12, though. But are the referees going to have the balls to do it well, in the big game? That's the question. So, and if they don't, it's going to be of a huge advantage to the Roosters because mm. they're going to lay on, give penalties away. So... Hopefully the the game is interpreted as we um you know as we've seen for the majority of the season. And on the flip side of that, the uh, the Melbourne Storm have only had four go to the sin bin this year. So it tells you a little bit about um, some possibilities from the weekend. But completion rates are exactly the same: seventy five, seventy six. Um, dummy half runs was one that really stood out for me. Melbourne three hundred thirty five to Roosters one sixty two. Now you think the Roosters are a good yardage side getting out probably tells me that they like to pass their outside I backs. Say, I think that's another um, kind of false thing, but they like is. to get Ferguson taking like a genuine hit But, up. but in terms of dummy half running meters, the, the storm run for a lot more. So they're making more meters in yardage from their outside backs. I get so, that, but again, that number is off scooting. So I think their yardage starts are still very, very yeah. good. It's just not out of dummy half. Yeah. So I think the bigger um, one looking there, who's got more tackle breaks? Who's got more kick return meters? Kick return meters are pretty much the same. When you oh, look at yeah, no, you look at yeah, return. but you need to take into account how many returns there are. It's an average well, how stat. How many returns are there? They've got a lot more. Okay, so well, where's the tackle breaks? You got that there? Tackle breaks. So Thirty more. It's not significant. No, it's not. But so then it's not significant. Look, try assist is one that's significant. The Roosters have got more try assists. That tells you about the halves problems that Melbourne have had. They haven't been able to generate as many try assists. If you put Cronk on Melbourne, that number probably flips. It's 77 to 63, so it's a big difference. And another one, line engage runs. That, for me, is where you pull a defence apart. Roosters have far more line engage runs than Melbourne. Well, Tedesco, so, you saw how deep he gets in the line even when he joins in. Yeah. Kiri, they like dummies, to- dummies, throwing dummies. Melbourne, shitload. Lead the competition by a mile with dummies. Billy Slater, Munster, ball runners. Well, Croft, They've got ball Croft's runners. Runner as well. Yeah, so... Um, and it tells you a little bit about the kicking game. Kicks, bombs. The Roosters love to bomb. They've got, they got a shitload more that bombs. That tactic of plonking teams inside yep. 10 and trying to kill the set start. So it tells you what they're going to do in those yellow area yeah. kicks. Whereas Melbourne looked um, for Melbourne grubber. Sets. 
yeah. rubbers heap more than the roosters. So I just thought it was interesting to go through the stats because you go through the stats at round four, yeah, yeah. You go through round, it, but now you've got the whole picture tells you a lot. Um, and long kicks finding space, the Mel- Melbourne have the most in the competition, wow. and that is down to our man Cameron Smith, Smith kicking from nine in yardage. So. I said before, I think the game is going to be won and lost with Melbourne coming out and Roosters pinning them in. Now, I expect to see Cameron Smith kick a 40-20 in this game. Well, I was going to say to you before, in the sense that if Kronk doesn't play, the big key for Melbourne is getting kick pressure on O'Sullivan or on Luke Keary, and they will do that. On the flip side for the Roosters, though, make no mistake about it. This week, they're not going to be focusing on... They're going to pressure Cameron Munster and Brody Croft. But make no mistake, Cameron Smith will kick more in this game than he's kicked all year. He will kick like he does in origin. He'll pick his moments, but I have no doubt in my mind, if they get caught in yardage, which I think they will, he'll be kicking plenty. And that is the man they've got to pressure. And you know where he likes to kick from. They like to get centre field or thereabouts at the post in between the 30 and the 40, and he'll jump left on play three or four. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He'll back himself to plonk it down in the tandem. We've seen it time and time and again. Kick chase will come through, and then they'll try to turn the screws the other way. But I think on both sides, kick pressure is going to be huge. Because be. let's be honest, Cameron Munster hasn't really shown a great kicking game. I think long kicks, he just kind of puts in a bomb or whatever and just tries to get through it. There's not a lot of thought well, in rewind. it. You just, you just spoke about it. Melbourne's kicking game. Melbourne will have to win their kicking battles with Smith. They're going to they're gonna win it through Cronk. Uh, Croft, Croft I haven't seen enough, but they clearly don't trust him. I thought mm. coming through the juniors, he looked like he had a pretty good kicking game, but clearly they don't want to hand and him look, that how many kicks are they going? How many kicks are they going to have? Probably 30 in the game. If, if Smith can do 10 of them, I think they're going to be winning. And again, I think he will have to because yeah. I think a big thing is, and I said it before, I know they're not the same teams, but South kept us in yardage. The Roosters, to me, are a better side all around defensively. I think they'll do a better job on us in yardage and try and trying to strangle us down there. And that's going to be the so biggest Smith detriment to... Um, Biggest detriment to the Roosters if Cronk's out is the kicking. Their kicking is going to be all over the shop because we've seen Jake Friend, not a great kicker of the ball. Kiri is okay. Will Mitchell do some long kicking? Probably not. I don't really want him in there doing that. Tedesco is not a great kicker of the Madison ball. Madison can kick. So you're relying totally on whoever comes in and plays half or Kiri. So it's going to allow Melbourne to pressure that kicker a lot more. Mm. They're going to get numbers through. Um, and it means... I think for the Roosters that they should be kicking on play four in yardage just to avoid that pressure. Well, it's a big thing for both sides. We can highlight that fact, plain and simple, right now. Yeah, kick pressure. But just it's putting... going to be significant if Cronk's out. I get it's going that. To be huge. But I still don't think between Croft and Munster, neither is a real recognised accurate kicker or a long distance kicker or a tactical kicker. So I think both ways that is huge. Mm. Fifth tackle options are massive for both teams. But but in summing up, I think for me, uh, we've spoken about where I think the game's going to be won and lost, but. Melbourne will want to stop start. They want to kick the ball out. They want to slow the game down. They want to walk. They want set starts. They'll want the Roosters to make errors, give away penalties. Roosters keep the ball in play. Cycle, cycle, cycle. Fatigue Melbourne. Don't give them that structure. Don't give them that organisation. Well, Pull them into a backyard game of, of a cycle, set for set. It sounds like a real simple thing to say, but they're a fit side, the Roosters. Yeah. They're a mobile pack. Like Jared is big, but you saw in the year he played 80 minutes. Mm. Dylan Napa is probably the only guy really in that side who doesn't have big minutes in him. But between a Tokiaho and a Tedovano and a couple of those guys that are coming off the bench, but compared to their starting pack, they all have big minutes in them. They're very mobile, like you said. They'll want to keep it in play. And the other night, they started to win territory, even though I thought they were on the back foot in that game, purely off fatigue. 
because they kept the ball in play. They kicked well. They won their set starts and they just strangled South. Yeah, you know the other thing I think is going to have a, an impact? I've been following the weather all week. We've had a shitload of rain today. Wet weather suits Melbourne. Um, it's not going to be wet, but you know, if we get rain leading up to it, like if it rains tomorrow and Friday and Saturday, which it's, it's said that it may do, it's nothing heavy is predicted, but the weather's going to be 17 degrees and it's going to be windy. I still think wind it, wind is just a strange one. Like you think about the last grand final that we've been to at ANZ, where it's been seventeen degrees. Usually it's thirty odd, mm. um, and it's you know mid around twenty once a game kicks off at night. It's perfect. There's no dew on the field, but it's going to be seventeen. Could potentially have some dew on the ground at seven twenty, um, and you're going to have some wind. Well, I think it's too. Prime. I think the wind in that stadium can swirl and can have an impact, particularly on. Yardage kicking and seven tackle sets are going to have a huge impact on this game. So bombs and you know if the Roosters are going to want to bomb, just they're going to have to be careful if they're running with the wind that it doesn't go dead. The Slater let some of them bounce if the chase isn't good enough to try and get them to go dead. Well, if it's wet, I think it's a bit two prong in the sense that I reckon it helps. Uh, I don't know who it helps. I just think it's an interesting I, dynamic I because we're used help. to a dry track. Yeah, I think it would help good the weather. Roosters even more so defensively because Melbourne won't not, be able to shift or play as expansive as probably what they have done. But on the flip side of that... It also means we're going to have to take a jumper, my friend. It means more errors. We're going to have to take a jumper. We're going to have we to never, wear jumpers, never wear a jumper, mate, to the no, grand final. We will. We no. will, but I just it's interesting. I thought, okay. Running I can't, through... I can't remember the last time we've had a cool night for a grand final. Can yeah. you? No? Uh, I, last year I wore a jumper, I think. I think it got a bit cooler later when it gets dark in there. But yeah, but last I, last year was it was a perfect day, sunny day. day. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see how the weather. I think it, I think you'd have to go back to Warriors Manly. It was the last time it was really a little oh, bit shitty and windy. Oh, can't I, I remember. Just, yeah. That was twenty eleven. Yeah. But we went through basically what we think about the Roosters. On the flip side for Melbourne, we've already spoke about it. Smith is everything in this game. He needs to control the ruck. He needs to dictate, pass, kick, run. He molds himself to the game. We've seen him do the chameleon job a million times in different games. If the halves aren't working out, don't be surprised to see him getting out at first receiver or taking it more from dummy half and trying to pull things apart there. You know he's going to have to kick, but realistically, we know he can meet the requirements of any game of football. We've seen it in Origin. We've seen it for Australia, more particularly in Origin, but in big games, he will mould to the situation. Yeah. But most importantly, his kicking game we've already spoke about, much like on the flip side. It's going to be it's understated. I don't think anyone's really mentioned it in any of the shows I've watched so far. But his kicking game is going to be huge. Yeah. Because Munster, they don't recognise kickers. Slater being there is massive, purely and simply, like we said before. Defensive organisation, there's not a better fullback in the comp. There's not a better kick coverer. There's not someone better at directing traffic. And there's not a better cover tackler or a support player. He covers more ground, like you said, than anyone wearing a number one jersey. Mm-hmm. He is a huge asset. And on top of that, he is a part of everything for Melbourne. He creates ruck deception. He hangs around Smith. He keeps markers. On attention, he jumps short sides, he ball plays. He's involved with everything that Melbourne does. He is a critical piece to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Cameron Munster, well, Cameron Munster is just Cameron Munster. He's an X-factor on his own. There's nothing set up about what he does, but we saw it on the weekend, even that second half against the Sharks. Sometimes there's just nothing doing. He skips across two blokes, palms, Aaron Woods, palms, Bakuya, neck minute, 40 metres the other way. Yeah. So I think for him... Uh, he needs to get plenty of touches. He needs to be around the ball. But those three guys are all going to be, to me, taking pressure off Brody Croft, who's going to have a simple job again. I think they might even be doing with Croft what they did with Ben Roberts a couple of years ago. I'm not com- comparing him to Ben Ben Roberts. He was on restrictions for a reason, but purely because he's a 20-year-old kid. Bad Ben Roberts on like a touch counter that we want you to have 10, 20 touches in a game. 
So, you know, early distribute if you see something or kick or just run if you see the opportunity. The one thing you've seen in Croft is he can run. If he sees half an opportunity, forget his size, he does not hesitate. He will run the football. He burned Sam Burgess. He almost poked his nose through a couple of times last week. He tipped a couple of nice passes back into Billy Slater. And he supports. He supports on that. They can also right. change their style, Melbourne. They, they can get into a grind. Okay, happy to get into a grind. They can jump out and play that um, to and fro game like they did with South, 30 points and still win. So I like that about them. Uh, I just, again, go back to Cronk. If Cronk's not there, if I'm Melbourne, any any penalty that the Roosters give me inside inside 30, I'm going to kick the penalty goal. Mm. Uh, I'm going to put scoreboard pressure on them. And I just think I'm going to squeeze the Roosters, and make them hopefully play from behind. I think a dangerous formula for the Roosters will be if they don't have Cronk and they're playing from behind on the scoreboard. Well, the thing That's going to be with really Cronk, dangerous. We've, we've struggled with Cronk at Melbourne to play from behind yeah. in the past. So that is a real concern. But Melbourne played that whole game against South from behind. And we just kept dragging kept our way back, back in. Yeah, I, they played a little bit loose in that game. So Yeah. The pack is also very important. I think Fanuk and Abromwich have come back to the fore heavily the last month or so after having disrupted seasons. Nelson Asafa Solomona is the big X factor off the bench. Yeah. I think Welch, Smith and Kenny do a job, but compared to the Roosters bench, we don't really have an X factor. But Nelson is that man. But if we don't lay a decent enough platform with your Bromwiches, your Finucans, Glasby, etc. in the starting side or get any kind of roll on, like you, you don't want him he's great for that initial carry, but he is great when Melbourne get momentum to deploy on an edge or to get off the back of a Bromwich play the ball and use him multiple ways. He's a very good asset to have. Mm. But I think there's a big, big weight on the Melbourne pack to stand up again this week. Because I think in particular, if we're struggling in yardage and they start getting one-out carries and we get dominated like we kind of did against South early in the year or like we did a couple of weeks ago, I think the Roosters can do exactly what you said the opposite way. I think they can apply the squeeze and get Melbourne kicking. And the one thing you see, and we saw it in that South game, Melbourne will hold composure and kick from deep and try to hold on. But at some point, it's got to give. Yeah. But other than that, the last thing I already talked about was the kicking. And I think the key spot for Melbourne is that right side. The right side's where they like to go. They love to get Slater going over there on that sweet line. He either runs, plays short to Felice. Will Chambers is there. Uh, Vunavalu. That's the strike edge for the Melbourne Storm. And they'll be playing at Kiri for the most part, like most teams do. They try to get at smaller halves. I don't think they'll be trying to go for the middle, even though it's kind of in a weaker spot. And on the other edge, if O'Sullivan's there... Curtis Scott, Stimson, it's probably not as a threatening edge, but I think Munster would like to get a run or try and isolate the other edge. Yeah. Um, but in summary for them, the key things I've got here is if Cronk's there, plain and simple, you target him. They're going to go at him all day. Yeah. If not, Kiri and Even O'Sullivan. if he wasn't injured, they'd be going at him. Yeah. They're going to have to try and kill the set starts and kick pressure regardless of who's playing. Uh, set starts are massive. The Roosters are one of the best in the comp at it. They proved that in the weekend against South, who did a very good job strangling Melbourne out of it. Uh, on the other side of that, the middle of the field. It all comes down to Cameron Smith and that forward pack then you know what the Roosters are going to do. We know they defend more. We know they control the game. Melbourne will try to do the exact same thing. Yeah. But the one tick they've got over, the Roosters, and it's no knock on friend. He's a good player, but he's not Cameron Smith. He's not. So Cameron Smith in the middle of the field is where this game is won and lost. Uh, on the flip side for the Roosters, frustrate the storm. Lay in, line speed, good intent, kill the set, start just do what Cronulla basically tried to do to Melbourne, I think. That's what they need to do. Yeah. Then to drag Melbourne into a shit fight like they did South on the weekend and make them gritty and uncomfortable and just give them absolutely nothing. And I think they can do that. I really do. Um, target Smith, obviously, especially on those kicks, and Croft. Mm. Croft, I think, will get a few opportunities, but defensively as well, I'd just, I'd just be hammering those two all day. The Sharks showed a couple of years ago, if you want to blunt Smith's effect, they made him make 70 tackles in that grand final man you went to. Mm. He was still pretty good in that game, but let me tell you, 
he wasn't getting around too well on the tackle trying to get out or do much. Yeah. They just slammed Smith all game. But kick pressure in particular, and um, I think for them, they're edges. Melbourne are good defensively all around the park, but I think they're going to throw a bigger challenge than most teams have at Melbourne's edges. They're going to get Manu ball. They're going to get Latrell ball. But like you said, if there's only one dominant half in the game and they load up on that left-hand side, you can be assured that Melbourne are probably going to try and adjust to it and get an extra defender to cover up for Latrell Mitchell, who's given Chambers a bath in origin, Felice Cafusi, etc. But Kiri, Tedesco, Mitchell on that left edge is where it's at, usually for the Roosters. So... I've said all I needed to say, my friend. All right. Well, Mr. Gossip, he gave his prediction. He has the storm and the score in the game, 16-8, and his first try scorer is Latrell Mitchell and man of the match is Billy Slater. Mm. Controversial or not, I regret nothing. I'm tipping the Roosters. You're an idiot. 12-10. You're a fool. I think Felice will score the first try, and I think Tedesco will be the man of the match. I don't know what it is, and again, I hope you're right, and obviously I'm not going to be disappointed if I'm wrong. But I just, defensively, I, I think they're outstanding and I still think there's enough there. And I don't think they've won games off. I'm not trying to discount Kronk or Kieran or anything, but... You are. You're shitting I on don't, I don't remember. You're a, anymore, you I know. don't remember a game where their halves really orchestrated a whole lot for them. It's been individual moments of brilliance in games for them that have got them home. Yeah, I totally disagree. So, I, I've, um, I think if Kronk's out, uh, this score will be bigger, but I'm going to say that he's going to play. I think a storm win, 20 to 10. Kafusi first try. You've pinched my thunder there, but I always love a back row. And the only medal that Cameron Smith doesn't have is a Clive Churchill, and he'll win, it this, he'll win it this Sunday. I've already had a big bet on him, and I'm going to load up again because I think if they win and he's even in the conversation for man of the match, I'll give it to him, just like they did with Thurston when he well, he won the comp. Can you didn't, feel, have his great, didn't have his greatest game that night, Thurston, but kicked the winning field goal. Can and, you feel a little bit of a pinch of the reverse jinx here as well? No, you can do what you want. I, I'm happy for you, mate. Yeah, another no, no, grand final. What are you doing the back? I'm happy for you, mate. Happy for you. I'm, I'm genuinely not. You're not, Brock. Don't lie. You're currently staring ominously uh, out into the space. Yeah, I've had an, I've, uh, I've had enough of Melbourne in grand finals, <laughs> and my team sucking. It's got to, it's got to flip eventually. Yeah. Well, again. There may, there may be, may, may or may not be a hint of the reverse jinx in there. And yeah, of course there is. You know. I, I, I try to reverse jinx on my team every week. I tip against them and they never win. <laughs> but uh, Just don't I, work, man. I, I don't care what anyone says. This will be a cracker, I reckon. I don't think this will be. I think a, so. And everyone's death row and this and that and all things already. This <sighs> this will not be everyone's cup of tea, though. To me, this will be a 2016 Shark Storm game, which I love. Good. It'll be gritty, end-to-end, great I'll tell you what, it'll be game. better than last year's grand final. Oh, that was, yeah, that wasn't that great. We had a few goodies before that. but On game day as well, there will be the... The women's state game. championship and the women's game. So state championship, we had the Redcliffe Dolphins who are the Brisbane Broncos feeder. They beat East Tigers last week, 36-22, up against the Dogs who basically beat an under-20 side in the Jets, which is Sharks feeder. They're a stack side, but they blew that game. Dogs are showing with a couple of older heads a bit more composure yeah. than a young Sharks team. They got an 18-12 in the under-20s. Cronulla, again, good signs for them in both grades. They won the under-20s. 22 to 12 over the Panthers and the under 20s in the Queensland comp, North Devils, which is Brisbane's Are they feeder. playing off? Well, that's what I got the shits about. There's no game there, there's nothing about it, so I don't think they are. Mm. How do you not have a state championship from 20? Who knows? But Brisbane in both grades, they won Interest Super Premiership and they won the 20s. North Devils, one of their feeders. Yeah, okay. They beat the Blackhawks. So. Well, we're having a little bit of a silent protest on Sunday. We're not going in until the grand final, until the actual main game. Because well, I wanted all four at least. That, but. 
I, I can't cop the gap between the state championship and the NRL. I know they've got to do the pre-game and I know they've got to do all that shit, but you know the fact it's two and a half hours between, I can't cop it. Well, again, now. I can't do it. I, you just you had know. a bub as well, so it's a bit hard to... It's not that. It, like, it, it'd be fine. I'd be able to go after the day. I just can't... I'd rather watch it here. I can go to the toilet. I can have a drink. I can tune in, hours. tune out. I don't have to be there paying $8 for a drink and $10 for a pie. Yeah. Um, and I can eat what I want here. Like, it's just... It's more convenient. So we're just going to... We're going to get in the car after the... State championship. Uh, after the state championship, we'll cruise on in. It gives us two hours to get there. Uh, we'll, get we there don't, we can, yeah, we'll get there easily. But what I mean is we're in no rush. Roll in. Um, watch the footy, and if the game's over early, we'll get out early, like we usually do. So, unless Melbourne win it, obviously. But I always hang around for the Prezzo. Yeah, which is fine. And if it's a that. close game, we always hang around we for the Prezzo regardless. Yeah. But if there's a blowout, we, we get out. Whether people think it's right or wrong, we go and watch the back yeah, end like of the Yeah, like anyone <laughs> listening from the NRL, like you've got to sort out the gap between, even even in regular season matches, the gap between uh, whether it's the ISP and or the 20s or whatever it is in first grade is a fucking joke. Yeah. It's two, an two absolute joke. Like, no, but even if even in regular season game, it's about forty five minutes. Mm. But again, it's for, too for long. grand final, you talk about why you know keeping kids and all these other people at the game. Like parents with kids for two hours on grand final, and I say, oh well, it's because the players have got to warm up on the field. Whatever happened no. to the players warming up? That, that, that takes the theatre away. But anyway, plain and simple. Again, argument. I like Gang of Views, who are the band that are playing this year. But I've said it a million times, and people whinge about why don't we have the Black Eyed Peas, like AFL, this, that, and the other. Uh, I'm not cares? going for the entertainment. Yeah. If you want to buy tickets for a concert, go to a fucking concert. Mate, I went to the Super Bowl and Lady Gaga was there and she came down from the roof and it was the greatest show ever. But do you think I gave a shit? No. No. And I'm no different. I'm going for the football. So, you know. Yeah. But uh, Redcliffe Dogs, uh, I think that'll be an interesting game. I haven't got to see a lot of the Queensland Cup this year, but they don't have a bad side, Redcliffe. They've got Katani Staggs and Opachak, a couple of the, the Brisbane <sighs> players in their team. And on the flip side, the Dogs, they got a couple of blokes back at the end of the year, but lost Matt Frawley to an injury. And I think New Brown got hurt on the weekend. Yeah, he did. So they might have both the halves that they potentially have going in this one. So uh, it's been of a flip of the coin game because as I've spoke about before, a couple of years ago, I had a mate in the Burley side. They bended the whole week and they played a cutter side that didn't bend all week and they got smashed. Yeah. So you don't know what the teams are up to after the game. Uh, I like Redcliffe though, in a close one. Well, they should be an incentive enough for him to stay off the pitch. Well, you should be trying to get a contract. That's what I said well, to that, my mate also, about it as well. Like, flick him some coin. Look at Ipswich and like that. Like Seven guys got signed out of that team. Yeah. Playing the state championship for you or this 20s kid should be an advertisement to other yeah. clubs to come look at me on the big game. Yeah, I agree. So, and the women's one, Broncos, the only team that go through undefeated, three from three. Uh, the Roosters last week, they made a change at halfback. Things kind of clicked. They got the job done. I know a lot of people now are trying to build it up and say that they're in with a real red-hot chance. What I've seen so far, I still think Brisbane are the head and shoulders. You'd think so, but who knows? The fullback Chelsea Baker, the half-alley Brigginshaw, they've got 11 of the Queensland players. They all play together. They've come into it pretty much with you know combinations all sorted out. And I think they've got the best player in Brittany Braley. She's not the female Cameron Smith. She's a gun. Young winger, Julia Robinson's a powerhouse. Amber Pilly, one of the centres there. Edge, two young girls that are going to be around for a long time. Federica, uh, Tilly, I think I know, is one of the back rowers. Like, they've got a gun side. Yeah. So I think the Broncos will win that one. Um, All right. Anything else? Yeah, fan questions. Dude. Oh, mate. Let's we get it going. Fan let's questions. get it going. Right. Uh, yeah. Let's see what the fans have got to say, mate. Tackle six is the fans. Matt Swinburne, how do you think this weekend's grand final would look if the penalty crackdown from the start of the year had continued? Would teams and the referees be different? Yeah, they would be, obviously, because they would have adjusted, but... Unfortunately, the game bend, uh, bent before the clubs did. I don't know. The team, would route. the team still be different? I still think the Roosters and Melbourne would have been in the final four. Oh, and right. Hey, you never know. It's hypothetical. 
I still think. I, I, I don't think they would have been. I, I think, think the top four would have been close to the same top four. I really do. Mm. But, you know, could have been different. No, no well, doubt. it wasn't at that point in time. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's hypothetical. So, Simon Fraser, is it time to scrap the cap? These fleas collectively have played in 15 of the last 20 grand finals. It clearly doesn't work. Saying that, I hope the Storm become the first team the NRL early to go back to back. Slater and Smith deserve it. Well, yeah, uh, the cap, you can't scrap the cap, but they should scrap third parties. Third parties need to be declared or scrapped, one of the two, but they get won't scrap them. them. So Get rid of them because it's not a cap. It's a restraint of trade, technically. They claim to be, but they need to declare them Bullshit. so people know. Either that or they should have one big pool of them and distribute them evenly. Something. Daniel Friend. That's just, that's just extending the cap. Let's put the cap up then and give everyone $12 million to play with. I'll still spend money Make outside sure the cap, though. Uh, There's always a way around it. Daniel Friend, cheers for the years, fellas. Unreal job as always. Enjoy a beer on Sunday. Cheers, man. Shall do champion. Triple eight account says, should supporters of teams that don't win the ruck stop complaining and asking for more penalties and instead direct their criticism at their coaches of their own clubs who have failed to improve over a decade? Hashtag outstanding work. This yeah. Well, you've got to adjust. We've talked about this before when Seabold on the weekend had his complaint and they were the best attacking team during the year, but... You know, things didn't really change. Teams get video. They adjust to what they do. Damien Cook found it harder to get out. The one-out runs. They slowed the ruck, and they wanted to take their left all the time. The ruck is what it is. The way the game's refereed early in the year changed. It's allowed, you know, a bit more to happen in the ruck. So yeah. that's pretty much it. If they didn't change the way they were refereeing it, well, maybe we had a bit more of an open game. But at the same time, it wasn't really an open game. All the stop-starts made teams fresh, so it hurt the game more. I think now than now. I think there's more fatigue in the game now, even though there's less penalties in the ruck is a bit uglier. Yeah. So, you know, it's a bit of a no-win situation when you look at it. Darren Corn, Latrell versus Chambers, round four. Who wins the battle? My tip is Latrell to dominate him again. Well, Latrell's dominated him all year. So, but this is one off. Chambers. Biggest is, day. I think Chambers has played a little bit better recently. Well, so. he, I don't want to sound like a dick, but he owes Melbourne, in my opinion. He does. He's been awful this year. He's been suspended a couple of times and he's. Form's been quite So does Scott. I think both centres have been out of form. Oh, and I, think, I think Scott's been okay compared to Chambers. But we spent six weeks out because he punched the piss out of Dylan Walker. I think so. he did everyone a favour there. Yeah. Poindexter. Hey, boys. Just stopping in to say stellar season again. Been a lot going on, but like always, you step up and deliver on a consistent weekly basis. I'm very interested to see if you start dabbling in an NFL podcast. I need my break. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll uh, get a little bit more involved in that next year. But yeah, yeah this plus year if was people a bit... people want to get on. We need sponsors. We need we need a few things to get that off off the ground. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it properly. Yeah. Not half. That was the thing this year. It was a bit late. Uh, we can't half-ass things. And coaching's about to start again. Plus boxes at the bub. So there's a fair bit going on. We don't want to never want to half-ass anything. Plain and simple. Kev, cheers for another year, lads. Will you bet ANZ on Sunday? Who have you got to punt on the Clive Churchill Medal? We'll be there, like we said. Yeah. Uh, Clive Churchill's. We went. Who'd you go? So, uh, I, well, I went, went before Smith. before the preliminary finals. I went and got on Smith because I was confident that Melbourne would get through. So you get better odds. I got um, twelve to one for Smith, and he's now five dollars. So well, I, I don't like, he's going to win it. He's nah. a favourite. I think a couple. If you wanted a bit of outside value, like I could honestly see a scenario where Latrell gets a double or something like that and has a cracker. He's about fifteen, sixteen bucks. Yeah, I, I think Radley, if he ends up starting or gets in the halves or does something like you said, like something like that, a firecracker, an outsider. Yeah. Uh, Felice at $21. There's a couple of guys there, but yeah, I had Tedesco, Broxton Smith. I, I'm with you. If they win, I think Smith will have a big hand in it. Mm. Back page news. Who would you partner Kira in the JF? Well, I said O'Sullivan. Cronk. You reckon Cronk is good to go? <laughs> so, see what happens there. 
Michael says, okay, hypothetical, if the NRL was to expand next season and you could pick any three players, including a coach, what three players and coach would you build a team around? Well, Bellamy, Smith. Bellamy, Munster. If we're going on age right now, I probably wouldn't take Smith, to be honest. Cook, Munster. Yeah, Cook. Bellamy, and then I'd probably take a front row from somewhere. Cook, or Bellamy. Or a back row. I'd say Cook, Bellamy, Sheck, uh, and probably Jesse Bromwich. Mm. Cook. Bellamy, Munster, Tedesco. I like Latrell Mitchell. It's hard. Yeah, it's really, really hard. Because, again, I'm looking at spine or a front row, but I'd probably take three spine pieces. Mm. Fullback. Michael Moore going to be nice. And a half. Yeah, if he's healthy and he's good to go, but that's a good one. Uh, have you guys got any inside info regarding the type of jersey materials used to cloth <laughs> Billy Slater? Most teams' jerseys are polyester. dickhead. I'd assume. Yeah, my bad. I said E in there. That's what got me. Got a special order for 100% Teflon. So Teflon. Clearly, clearly another one not happy about Billy Slater, but oh, well, can't make everyone happy. Daniel Capasso, who are attacking right now? Oh, who are you taking right now? Mahomes and Chiefs offense, but zero defensive ability or a well-balanced Rams? Rams. Also, will you continue your NFL pod next season if you do one? Rams. Yeah, Rams are better balanced all around. They've got a better defensive good line. Coach too. Good coach, good offense. They've got weapons all over the joint. I do like the offense, but they definitely need to do something about their defense, the Chiefs, that's for sure. On top of that, I love Mahomes, but he's three games in. Mm. So we need to see it all season. Swampy, who are the best six props in the comp? Well... Six off the top of the head. Jesse yeah. Bromwich. Whether you like Fafita or not, Fafita's up there. And then a huge gap to the rest. Bromwich, Fafita. I think Marty Tapio's up there. Uh, you know, Tapio's definitely there. There's four or five there. Is it a prop or a middle? Because like middle and prop. See, I'd, I'd throw Jake Jaborovic in there. I'd throw Talmud. Because it's the same thing. They're yeah. middles. Different story, yeah. Daniel Capasso, with the way the game is being a ref. Quarterbacks are becoming increasingly vital, which is hard to imagine the game was always revolved around. I think right now the Chiefs might put anyone away. So we are talking about it again before. Yeah, uh, yeah oh, again, if the, them and the Rams play this year, I'd be very interested. That'd be a game I'd Maybe love to watch. in the Super Bowl. Tab Market. So this is one you've obviously sent a message to. Yeah. Message. <laughs> I was about to read that. That's great. If everyone out there, Brock's been trying to bet on the Dalian's while he's at it. And we've got back from Tab Help. Line, hi there. We can confirm our daily market close for betting at 3pm today as per the governing body for the what event. What the fuck? Like, you should be able to bet live. You can bet live on the brown, though. It's a joke. Let us go. Oh, we've got so much integrity in the NRL. Yeah, right. Please. Tell me fucking third parties then. Tell me how much people are spending on third parties. Don't worry about fucking shutting me out for a bet at 3 o'clock on the day of the daily M. <laughs> you fools. Oh, so much anger. I love when you get angry. It's great. I just want to put a bet on. Just want to put it better. I'm not watching it now. I don't care. I love it. Jay Strasberg, boys, is it time for Gus to stop commenting on the Panthers while doing his TV duties? He either lies to keep in club secrets and make the club look good, or any time he gives you a breakdown of the Panthers, I feel like he holds back and doesn't give 100% like he does of other clubs. Of course he does. I understand why he does it, but I'm sick of listening to him talk about Panthers and knowing half yeah. of what he says is pure crap. I'm with you. What do you think? Also, up the storm. I'm with you, Joe. Well, we said a couple of weeks ago. I'm with you, my friend. When he's on TV, he should probably just not talk about Panthers full stop. Mm. And yeah, usually when he does. But you can't be a GM and then be on TV and give an opinion that's not biased because, of course, you're not going to go out there and shit can your own team. And if, of course, you're not going to go out there and give away all the secrets. Like, we need as many people independent commenting on the game as possible. And yeah. unfortunately, we've got too many people there that have an axe to grind or are involved with the club. So, when the game grows up a little, we'll get away from it. Yep. But we're not quite there yet. Daniel Bennett says, you know, on the gates open on grand final day in the order of games. Well, the women are first. I think the, it's one o'clock. They the open. Game. I think it's one twenty women. 
Yeah, cup games, 3.30, and NRL 7.20. But, yeah, gates usually open at lunchtime, don't they? No, it'll be one o'clock. But... One o'clock. Yeah, if Three not, just get on to Google or get on the website. You'll get all that. Chris Benj, you will probably already have covered it, but the Slater decision right now, we've yeah. gone through that one, mate. Half an hour, uh, Chris. Says there again. Going to miss the podcast. It's been a cracking year. Catch you next year. Stay safe. Much appreciated, you too, champion. man. Uh, Forrest Bell, thank God for the footy on the field. has been good, as always. Please tell me next year we're going to replace us. Three Stooges, Greenberg, BT, and Bernard Sutton. They've been a complete disaster. There's no vision looking forward, and they've let social media hijack this I sport. agree, Forrest. Yeah. We don't need to say anything else. You've I love you, Jenny. Forrest, I love you, Jenny. <laughs> You've nailed it, mate. Norbert Glinch, what are the keys to the Chooks goal line defense? Effort. Line speed, effort. Yeah. They get up hard on the negative side that we spoke about before. Scramble. doesn't know that. They get up hard on both edges before you get the ball out there. They don't give you time and space. They cut down time and space. They scramble. And they, they defend both shoulders. They That's stick. Um, they slow. They don't care. They, they will give away penalties. They'll just frustrate you. And the last one here, Adam Thomas, he said, I know you guys are going to cover Slater and Bennett. Well, we didn't cover Bennett. So he's going to miss the NRL in the offseason. Great pod. Can't wait for next year. Well, Bennett, basically we already knew about it. A lot of stories get recycled or you already hear about it. Brisbane confirmed today. He's definitely his last year next year. Yeah. Good no, photo too, Adam. Yeah, he's a good photo in the young with light, little, in the jersey. Good stuff. I can't wait to get Lila. It's a bad jersey, but... Lila in some storm gear and yeah, corrupt right. her. Take her away from me in that sense, mate. Yeah. But, uh, be better than a Parramatta jersey. Yeah, I've already, already taken that one off you. Off me? You don't have to worry about me. It's all right. It's off the rest of them, mate. Good times. All right. Oh, Ron, there was two more I missed. What? Shane Connors, what have been a few real highlights of the year for you guys? Well, that first week game. Origin. Origin was great. I thought Origin was really close and good, and it was nice to see New South Wales actually compete and not crumble in the moments. I thought the... I thought game three, even though we lost that game, was a cracker. That was a good game. Yeah, 100%. I thought Storm, Storm Rabbit was, was a cracker. One. That was a good game. Um, to be honest... I can't really think too much back to start. It's been such a quick year. It's been a blur. Mm. Usually this is one thing I don't really struggle with, but I'm finding the year, the quicker the years go, I'm forgetting more and more, to be honest. I, I've enjoyed the year. I know you didn't quite enjoy the regular no, season as much. Uh, I think probably the only real downside, again, there's just too much off the field shit going on. Uh, I, I've enjoyed the football. Well, there wasn't up until sort of the last month. Yeah. I just... The dog started a shit lanch, didn't they? Yeah, it's just kind of been a knock-on effect, isn't it? And yeah. the, the last genuine one we have here, Jordan Palmer... Why are people so stupid to think that the comp is actually rigged? I swear the NRL has the dumbest fans. Well, I kind of had a bit of a rant Maybe, before. Uh, Again, about some negativity, but... Just block people that are dumb, Jordan. Just block them. Then you don't have to read it. That's what I do. Yeah. That's it. There we go. Fan questions. Done. Dusted. So the absolute last thing we need to do here, mate, is tips and betting. On the game. Okay, about tips. So we've already got our tips, but we'll just look at some odds to wrap things up and give a plug, mate, because you're forgetting the Pro Sports Syndicate. I'm forgetting. What? I never forget the Pro Sports Syndicate. Everything's just my responsibility. Come on. I never uh, forget the Pro Sports Syndicate. And their best bets. Keep your eyes out for that. And that a cracker. Cracker affiliate link last week. I think it was Ned's or Ladsbrokes for yep. $500 match first bet. So. I know, but I need one where I can get on there and just unleash a $500 bet. They're all bloody deposit sign-ups. Yeah. And I'm a frigging member of every one of the betting agencies. Because you're a deviant. Just get left in the cold. And I'm a deviant, so we're both there. But we're working on that I for next year. I need one which is a deposit match, mate. That's what I need Brock for an existing Brock, member. Mate, all our deviant listeners who gamble like us, they agree, mate. I've had that many inboxes this year going, Louie, mate, 
I don't understand. I yeah. need a deposit, but I've already got the account, mate. You need to help us out. So the boys at TPS are trying to work on it, guys, okay? Yeah. Okay, mate. Hashtag but Kenty. But Kenty. But, but Ladbrokes. But were, <laughs> Neds. But Neds. They're working on it. Maybe I should hit tab help desk up. Can you give me a $500 <laughs> deposit match? Well, I'm at it. Can yeah. you do us a favour? Something for Shepard. Yeah. Come on. Well, in the tips, it's going to be decided. And I think that was another reason I kind of wanted to go this way. You were on 110. You only got one last week. Me and Gossett both got two. So we're equal at 113. But he's tipped the storm. I've tipped the roosters. So Wankers. we're going to get a winner at least. Wankers. Wankers. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at least going to get a winner there. Um, that the I'll odds... tell you something interesting. I went in a comp where I had to tip the whole year before it started. And I got 116 before the finals. That's awesome. So there you go. Proves that you know more before the season starts what you do. Yeah, well, you get corrupted by form. Everything. Everything corrupts you during the Seven and a half thousand the dude I got that won that comp. That's insane. And I finished six just out of the money, 500 for fifth. Well, the odds on this game brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. The Roosters now 225 outsiders. So that's obviously taken into account Slater being in. And I'm guessing they're thinking Kronk's not playing because mm. that was a pick yesterday. I'd that's... take two and a half Roosters. Yeah. Storm a dollar sixty eight with the Pro Sports Syndicate two and a half is that line that Brock was speaking about. Particularly thinking, you know, if you think Cronk's going to play, Clive Churchill medal with the Pro Sports Syndicate five dollars you get for Slater and Smith. They're the heavy favourites. Tedesco at six, Munster at eight with Cronk if he does play. Then you got some outside value there. Kiri if he's buckled with all the responsibility at thirteen dollars. Latrell Mitchell. Seventeen dollars. I like Felice Kafusi at twenty three dollars if Melbourne were to win. Radley if he plays a big role. Well, you can't tell me he hasn't been playing good footy. Of course you do, He's mate. He's been good, mate. Uh, who's another roughie? What about Joey Manu? What if he rips off another no. game? Like 67 Dora. Jeez, now you're really scratching it. What else we got? No. Come on, mate. Give me an outsider. No. Give some value for the fans. I don't Pick have an any. outsider. Uh, an outsider? Something. For what? At least in double digits. For the Clive Churchill. Keep rolling down. Yeah, none of them are winning it. Roll down. What do you mean, roll, roll, down? roll, roll. Show me down here. How far do you want to go, mate? You're going into the absolute doldrums, Brock, mate. Yeah, no, I can't see any of them winning it. Double digits. Keep going. That's right. Probably there. Luke Kiry would be oh, 13 bucks, yeah. Kiry You can't tell me you couldn't expect if the trial had an absolute Croft. Uh, we're going to see Croft winning it. Yeah. Oh, I think that's good value. Nelson comes on, knocks someone out, scores a double. <laughs> knocks someone out. 23 uh, $26. Can't see it. When's right. the last time a front row won it? First try scorers. We obviously had our, our picks on that market, but Addo Carr, Latrell Mitchell, $9 favourites with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Ferguson, Tupo at 10 you got Vuni. Where's Felice? 10. 26. Hello. Felice, we're both on that one. $26. Um, Just back all the back rollers. If you like the back rollers, back all of them. Every year we usually do 5 or 10 yeah. on all the back rollers. Yeah, and you do get that pretty every good year. value. Uh, who was it? Latrell Mitchell for gossip. He took the favourite, $9. Uh, Billy Slater, if you think he can do what he did last week and get a couple. 12 bucks. Joey Manu, $19. Cameron Munster, 23 what about Kiri on a run there? $26. So there's some pretty good value there. If you went all the back rows like we just said then, what do you get? $29 for Stimson. You get $26 for Felice. Boyd Cordner, you get it $23. And there are other back row we don't know at the moment if it would be Liu or Orbison. Liu's $51 if he plays the edge. So that's a fairly hefty, uh, fairly hefty amount there, Boxhead, mate. It is, mate. Orbison I can't find, mate. I don't think he's actually listed because they don't know what position he's playing. Either that or I'm completely blind, mate. But yeah. Well, we've been going a while. I wouldn't be surprised if you're blind. Yeah, that's a possibility too, isn't it, mate? It is. There you go. All right, let's wrap it up. Um, I reckon our review will be a game companion slash review. 
yeah, we'll sit down, we'll watch a game, review it. Grand boom. final review. Early next that. week. And in, then we'll do our awards and season. In another one. So we've got two pods to go. Yeah, we did it last year. We did the big one, which is our season review of everyone and our awards. And yeah. I'm going to get it up this year because we haven't done it. I'm going to put posts up. We're going to have a fan team of the year. Yeah, right. On. So like us, you're going to pick the 1 to 13. Just put up two wingers or two centers when we do each position. And we'll get your votes and we'll have the fan team of the year. Cool. And we'll compare it to myself and Boxhead. But right, yeah. Enjoy the GF. There's your seven tackles. That's a big Set. show. That's over two That's hours. That's huge. Slater, Cronk, everything in depth. The Dalian Medal, game reviews, game preview, fan question, tips, betting, and gossip. Massive thank you to Penrith Solar Center, www.penrithsolar.com.au. Jake and the boys, get on them before summertime. Was at Nepean Boltmaster, www.nepbolt.com.au. If you're a tradesman like myself, all your nuts, bolts, tools, everything, you can sort all of it through Nepean Boltmaster. And last but not least, the most important of all, the Pro Sports Syndicate, the charity account. You're betting this week. I'm betting. I've betting the last few weeks. We've gone down in flames. We're going um, Cameron Smith, Clive Churchill. That's our bet this week. There you go. There's the charity bet. Massive thanks to them. Keep your eyes out for the NRL They might give us two bets. I want want them to give us two. And Felice Kafusi first try score. You can ask, mate. I will. But uh, they've been massive for us this year. They've taken on the charity account, like we've said, uh, off their own bat. They didn't have to do that. They've supported the show, so thanks to Will. They mate. also, um, they've been flicking me their NFL and college bets. And just like I need any encouragement to gamble, um, I've had f- uh, four-leg multis in college and NFL in the first three weeks, and every single one of them one has gone down by one leg, for fuck's sake. Yeah, well. But they're, they're, th- they're pumping through some good stuff, so um, and they're pretty much around the money. So if you look at that, like it's 75% for most of them. Yeah. Keep your eyes on that. We'll post stuff about their NFL best bets package. So there. get in. And they're going to be doing the best bets as they have for the NRL each week for the NFL. So huh. anyone that listens to us that likes the NFL like huh. we do, love it. look at the best bets. Keep your eyes open for the affiliate link this weekend. But grand final show, you would have thought that it would have gone shorter than everything else. But, but it didn't. We cracked the two hours, mate. We've just covered everything. We went got... longer than 360 did last night for the Slater coverage. And you know my favourite thing, mate? I love Angry Brock, as do all the fans, mate. And well, you, you got half an hour. When you got revved up earlier on, I just sat here in awe and watched you. It's great. I love it, mate. Mm. Uh, everybody out there, if you're a Roosters or a Storm supporter, even if you're Enjoy a neutral. It. If you're a loser like me, go to the Titans. <laughs> just, yeah, I just, again, to... don't be one of those panders that complains about the football. Just enjoy yeah. it. It's the grand final. It's a That's massive right. day. A couple of games. Enjoy it while it lasts because it's gone after this weekend. So. Correct. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us small. Give us small. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.